don't don't put that in the microwave, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Fish doesn't go in the microwave. <laughs> no, this is just for future stuff. Oh. Um, but my blood pressure was one fifty six over one hundred three. Yeah, bud. Um, <laughs> why don't you come work out with me and Fox? I'm good. <laughs> None of that sounds appealing whatsoever. Because uh, Sarah mentioned, he's like, you're going to go work out with Ryan? I was like, no. None of that sounds appealing to I me. I even tried to get him to go down to the trail with us. <laughs> Why? I'll eat healthy, and then the hour I wa- uh, walk each day for work, that'll be fucking fine. That's the bare minimum of what I need. That might be, like, less than you need, though. <laughs> no, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> you're getting older, Greg. <laughs> No, like, like I am working out right now to improve my physical condition this moment. Mm. Gage, my room will be cooler. But it's also so that, like, ten years from now, Ryan <laughs> is still decently healthy. <laughs> I'll eat healthy and I'll walk. That's pretty much what I'm not fucking doing anything. Fucking else. Please move. Wet. It's fun. <laughs> I don't understand how it's fun. More on you. I don't see how it's fun. <laughs> it's just a bunch of banging and clanging and a bunch of men grunting. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> me and me and Fox have like real conversations while we work out. We don't we don't just grunt. And you don't just grunt, but you do grunt. So there's, well, there's a, a I mean, certain there's amount of like grunting. I'm just like, that's sometimes you're just in a box grunting with another person. I'm just like, how's that fun? How is any of that fun? Well, it's, it's fun because you more get, on you, but you get, I'm just you like, get strong. <laughs> I don't care. A baseball bat hurts just the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, my blood pressure was 156 over 103, and, they, and they're like, yeah, you should probably. Uh, talk to your family doctor and get that managed because it's not it's concerning right now but if you let it go it'll be ridiculous in like say a year I was like mm, alright so I told Sarah and now we're eating healthier I'm not working out Ryan I have no interest in any of that shit <laughs> well come on you can get in shape with me I don't care I don't care <laughs> you know you know you know who worked out and changed his diet and did a whole lot of stuff that you fucking idolize and want to be just like Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, he also went Just vegan. Saying. He also went Just vegan saying. during that whole <laughs> that whole craze. <laughs> he cut out red meat, all all meat completely. Oh. Like I'm cutting out red meat and I'm only eating poultry and fish because those are the lesser of the meats. But I don't think I can live a life. The without, lesser. Of the <laughs> I guess less <laughs> less threatening. <laughs> fish is in third place with a bottle of champagne flipping <laughs> off beef. Like ah. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what I'm doing. Is just eating fish and chicken, not so much on the pork or red meat. Uh, so I don't want to go vegan because <laughs> that's what he's gone pretty much at this point. No. Vegan just doesn't sound interesting. No. That as much as I loathe having to work out, I will if it becomes down to it. Right now, where they're like, "Hey, you need to get more exercise in your life," I fucking will. Right now, it just means I need to eat a little bit better than I fucking do. I mean, I don't want, <laughs> dude. Three days a week, an hour a day. Oh god, that sounds so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get a little sore. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, but if you're if you're not trying to like build muscle and mm-hmm. stuff, you're just trying to lose. 
Like you probably, and I told, you well, I told don't Sarah necessarily have to do. I told Sarah as strenuous a workout yeah, as we do. And I told Sarah ultimately, what I'll if nothing improves and I do need to exercise, the most I'll do is get Maggie's treadmill that she has, and just go over there or have it come over here or something with the treadmill that she fucking has. Well, that's just cardio, though. That'll work just fine. No, <laughs> to lower my blood pressure. Yes, that'll work just fine. <laughs> Ironically, the only thing we don't do is cardio, or at least right now we don't do cardio. Okay, so it's just I mean weightlifting. This is, this is only the second week, so yeah. Um, Mondays is or Mondays this week was chest and biceps. Um, Wednesday was legs and core, and yesterday was uh, triceps and back. Okay, not overly sore. Although yesterday was kind of interesting. Because yesterday, um, <laughs> we did uh, one particular exercise um, that he calls yes-nos. Mm. They're also called good girl, bad girls, a couple of other things. Um, but it's a machine that you like have pads inside your uh, calves and outside your calves, like two separate machines, one's inside, one's outside. Okay. And the one that's outside pushes in with the weight, and you open your legs to lift the weight. And then the one that goes on the inside, you push in to lift the weight and then back out, and it works out your calves. Oh, yeah. They call good girl, bad girls, because you're just spreading your legs. Yes. I, but what are, what's the other names? Huh? What could be other well, euphemism for that? I don't I don't know. I just know that like somebody else at the gym said like one of the other guys at the gym was like, Oh, you doing bad good girl, bad girls? Mm-hmm. And Dakota was just like, fuck off. <laughs> 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 he's like, Well, I call him yes nos. Like, I mean it's it's a dude that uh he's known for a while, so he's just like good natured ribbing more mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. like being a dickhole. Mm-hmm. Nobody at the gym is really a dickhole. Like everybody's just kind of cool, and like everybody just does their own thing. We don't really interact you, with you anybody are, else. You are way too friendly with too many people. <laughs> like all this Wade shit at work. <laughs> there were so many people coming up to me. He's like, "Hey, asking." <laughs> yes, I'm like, "What is Ryan doing? Telling fucking everybody? He talks way too much." <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's not really like me being friendly and. I mean, it's it is me oversharing, but it's not oversharing because I'm friendly. It's oversharing because like the amount of rage that I feel about it can't be contained. Right. So anybody that walks in is like, "Hi, how's it going?" I'm like, "I'll fucking tell you how it's going." It's <laughs> figuring out a way to start this, but there's no good way. We've been all over the place with this uh, beginning of this. Uh, Speaking of working out, Hugh Jackman must have done some. Because he looks buff in this movie. You, <laughs> Jackman, looks like a huge Jackman. <laughs> so stupid. That's it. <laughs> that is possibly the worst joke you have ever told. <laughs> ever. Like, I have known you for, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, almost 20 years at this point. Yeah, I think it was about 21, or t- 2001, yeah. 2002, somewhere so in there. So 20 years. Yeah. And that is <laughs> that is it. That is the worst joke that has ever left you. I didn't. I like. I've known your kids since they were born. I never 
considered you a dad until this <laughs> very moment because that is a that is a dad caliber joke. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> of course you are. It's almost as bad as the fucking Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Which I recently found out that uh, Bob Hoskins got the absolute piss beat out of him in that movie. Like as he was recording mm-hmm. the movie, like uh, he, I think he, he got stabbed not once, not twice, not three times, but four times during the filming of that movie. But what? Just I don't know. Different implements? Yeah. Just like, randomly riding accident- the shit. Accidentally, not, okay. uh, not on purpose. <laughs> that someone comes up think. like, this is your stabbing. <laughs> it's like, this is bad and it's your fault. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly how, but he also like burn a finger and like. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, he got, he got fucked up making that movie. <laughs> There's apparently uh, a bunch of fans for that movie have been working on a director's cut for that movie. Why? I have no clue why, but yeah, they've been editing in old footage and shit and trying to mix it in a way that looks seamless with the rest of the film and shit, with the footage that they do have anyway. So I have no idea what that looks like. <laughs> Just <laughs> the closest approximation that I can give to people for like for that like extra footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just cut away to somebody doing like chocolate soft serve and going, Huh? <laughs> Looks like poop, right? <laughs> and then just cut back to the movie and it'll be seamless. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it, it's either out or it's supposed to be out soon. So I'm, I probably will check it out and report back to you. <laughs> I, I can... <laughs> I can wait. Okay. I was going to say I can hardly wait, but I was like, no, no that's a bold-faced I lie. I could... I could wait forever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I am Greg Vance. And I'm Ryan Downing. And this is Nerdinian. And uh, week by week, we take apart any nerd movie that we're talking about. And usually we dive into like a certain sect of nerd movies. Like we've done uh, the DCEU. We've done the Godzilla movies. This week we're doing a bunch of the mutant movies, the X-Men movies. This month. This this section of months. Well, for the next three weeks, it's mutant movies. Then Black Widow comes out. So we'll record that one relatively soon after it comes out, because it comes out July 9th. So yeah, I, I was thinking like July 19th, somewhere around there, we'll okay. record it. Roughly somewhere around there. With our work schedule, it may change in some manner. Well, let's see. The next one's the last X-Men movie. Yeah, yeah, X3. The X-Men Last Stand. That's what it is. Damn. And then we get into... Uh, Black Widow, and then uh, First Class, Days of Future Past, and then all those, the most well, I su- recent I ones. I suppose we could do, like, all the ones that go to the X-Men, and then do Black Widow before moving into, like, Origins Wolverine, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we could do, like, this week will be X2, then X3, then... uh Days of Future Past, or First Class, Days of Future Past, and then, oh, no, because we got Age of Apocalypse and all that other shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, fucking, that's what going to get We'll to fucking it. figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, but needless to say, at some point in there, we will have a Black Widow review and talking about that movie. But right now, we are talking about X-Men and all its glory, especially these first two movies were really fucking good, especially after the success of the first one, X2. Oh, what was it? It was called X Two X Men United. Was the official title of the movie? It came out in two thousand three, and I out of the if you just take 
X-Men and X2, just take those two movies, I'd say this one's a much superior film. Granted, there are other movies that I enjoy somewhat better, but X2 I really fucking enjoyed. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It doesn't really hit the sweet spot for me. Mm. At least, like, by the end. I'm just kind of like, meh. Well, no, I, I... the. Only because of what happens later on in the series of movies with X th- with the, the third X Men movie, where it doesn't really pay off. Because by the end well, no, of the was... X two, the idea of the Phoenix Saga coming into play was really fucking exciting, especially when I was a teenager. Well, when this I mean, movie came out. It was. I was I was in the same boat with you. Mm-hmm. Like I I think we may have even went and watched this together. It's possible. And yeah. leaving the theater, we're like, oh my god, you know, like. You saw the fucking bird on the, like you saw it under the water, right? Yeah. You saw you saw what I saw, right? 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 Because that's feet, dude. And that's the and but then it, it doesn't get paid off. And then I watched it today, and we'll get we'll get to it whenever we get to it. But I was like, you're wrong, like you're just wrong. <laughs> like who? Like Xavier or Jean or, Grey? Okay. But we'll get to it whenever okay. we get to okay. it. Okay, I'm curious what that is. All right, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's also a few things that they changed from I mean, the comic it's books. Not, it's not till the end, so mm. yeah. And there's a, there's several things that changed from the comic books. Like Jason is in the comic books. Jason is Xavier's son, and I can't remember the name of the woman. L- that, oh, the he, name he, of the woman. Uh, Jason ends up becoming Legion in the comics, right. but. I can't remember the name of the woman that Xavier has Jason with. But yeah, in the comics, the Jason character with the uh, telepathy powers like Xavier is only much stronger is Xavier's son and all that. Striker, I don't think, has a kid in the comics or anything like that. At least nothing I could think of right now off the top of my head. But there are some juicy fucking Easter eggs in that scene with Mystique going through the files and shit. Like it shows file names and whatnot. So there are some juicy fucking Easter eggs that I dove into. But we'll get to that whenever we get to them. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to mention the director. We already talked about him last week, so let's just ignore him. And this movie was written by... This had several fucking writers on it. Um, David Hayter from the first one. Dan Harris. Michael... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I think this is how you pronounce his last name. I didn't bother... I looked up... <laughs> so, uh, Jensen's name. I looked up how to pronounce it, and it's... So, you said Famika, and I was like... that. There's no other E in there for, for Mika. It's just F-A-M-K-E. So I looked it up, and it's just Femka. Mm. Um, so it's Femka Jensen. and then, But this other guy, so how do you pronounce this? D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Doherty. Doherty? That's what I thought. But I wasn't sure, because I've never actually seen Doherty. Like Shannon Doherty, I've never actually seen the name spelled out I for think, me. I think that's what it that's is. That's what I thought as well. Um, we also have uh, uh, Zach Penn on this, and Zach Penn becomes a prolific writer later on in his life. I think he uh, did uh, several of the X-Men movies. I think he did X-Men First Class as well. Um, but he also, uh, he, he does a lot of, like, uh, I guess, screenplay doctoring where he just comes in and punches up the script for any sort of, like, comic book mm-hmm. screenplay and shit. Um, I think he also wrote uh, Man of Steel as well. Anyway, this movie stars Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman... Uh, Famke Jensen. Huge Jackman. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry, James Marsden, Anna Paquin. 
Uh, Kia Wong. I mentioned her in the cast list only because of the deleted scenes. We get uh, more Jubilee in this movie because of the deleted scenes, but she's not really in the movie too much. You see her in background shots, but the actress that played her was Kia Wong. Um, we got Ian McKellen. I was going to say Ian McChain. I was like, nope, different actor. Um, Rebecca Romaine, Brian Cox, Alan Cummings, Bruce Davison, A.A. Ron Stanford, Sean <laughs> D-Nice! D-Nice Richards! <laughs> Kelly Who and Coulter Smith. Uh, but yeah, that's Aaron Stanford, not A.A. Ron. <laughs> Present. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you want to go to war, Blocky? <laughs> oh, all right. So <laughs> I think I just derailed us by that stupid joke. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> every fucking person from now on, like every time we talk about somebody, gotta say their name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking time. <laughs> All right. So, like the first movie, I can't wait to get to <laughs> to like. Oh Jesus! I don't even know. <laughs> like the the whole of the Marvel franchise. <laughs> this movie stars stars <laughs> Roe Bert <laughs> or Chris Evans. Was that okay? Was that purposefully? No, that or? was the, the AA Ron was purposely. I know the name okay. is Aaron, but I, I anytime I've seen Aaron and after you, that, you, yeah, you just I automatically, automatically, oh, AA Ron, I, yeah, so yeah, that was on purpose. Okay, <laughs> I thought it like I full on thought that was a mistake. And like, you didn't like you, you meant to say like Aaron, like because I do the same thing with mm. any of the names from that skit, mm. it's always fucking wrong. <laughs> No, I did that on purpose. But like, kind of, kind of like you know, you said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. <laughs> right. Like I thought that disconnect happened, and that's why I laughed because I thought it was funny. Like you didn't mean to do it, and then you're like, oh, oh shit, I just I fucked that up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, the movie starts off with a very similar monologue as say the first one, only it has the same ideas in the monologue, just. Says different things. So this is what Xavier says in the opening monologue. Mutants. Since the discovery of their existence, they have been regarded with fear, suspicion, often hatred. Across the planet, debate rages. Are mutants the next link in the evolutionary chain or simply a new species of humanity fighting for their share of the world? Either way, it is historical fact. Sharing the world has never been humanity's defining attribute. And then we go into... I think it's... The White House. Is it the White House scene? Yep. Oh, that was the Wolverine Alkali Lake and then the White House. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. So, yeah, yeah. And it's just Wolverine at Alkali Lake, and he's just every, there, he's just looking at demolished oh, buildings. Honestly, I can't remember if it's the White House and then Alkali Lake or Alkali Lake and then the White House. I think it might be Alkali Lake and then the White House because then... Yeah, because then it goes then to the he, museum because what happens in the White House, they it and yeah. it, what happens at the White House... Is then brought up at the end of the scene in the museum yeah. because of yeah. 
All right, so yeah, we open up with a wolverine just going through like the snowy tundra at Alkali Lake, and he sees wolves and stuff. They see him, and they don't mess a with wolf. Him at, or a wolf. Yeah, they don't. He doesn't mess with Wolverine at all. They just stare at each other. It's kind of like this lone wolf standoff type thing. Um, but your Wolverine is looking around. He's getting glimpses, maybe uh, like memories are triggering and shit. But there's a lot of nothing here. He has no idea. There's no clue. No nothing. I, there's n- just. No hint of what happened Snow here. Snow and ruined buildings. Right. Um, then you see a plaque called Alkali Lake. Right. Uh, we then cut to a tour guide in the White House repeating a um, uh, part of uh, Lincoln's um, um, inaugural, inaugural speech. I was blanking on the word inaugural. But she says, we are not enemies but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break the bonds of our affection. Um, and it's very... Applicable to what's going on in this movie and shit. So, <clears throat> and if you know anything about Lincoln, Lincoln was always looking to get rid of slavery from the jump. Mm-hmm. That was part of his allure of getting elected and everything because people wanted to get rid of slavery as much as possible. And Lincoln seemed to be the guy to do that. And Lincoln was constantly targeted. I wouldn't say constantly, but he did have several assassination attempts before the one that actually took his life. Anyway, back to this movie. Uh, after she says that, she sounds like, uh, the tour guide for the White House. She's like, all right, uh, now follow me. And then as the rest of the group goes and follows the tour guide, we then, the camera pans to a guy in heavy makeup with some sort of like scarring on his face, along with a ball cap and sunglasses on his face. Wearing a trench coat. Wearing a trench coat. And, uh, we cut to different, uh, like guards and secret service men throughout the White House. And all we hear is like the poof, 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 just... Who we as comic book fans know who this character is. It's Nightcrawler. He's bamfing in and out of wherever he needs to go. Um, he eventually basically walks up to a Secret Service man and like behind one of those like velvet rope. Well, guards. no, that's how it starts. Like he walks up to him and he's like, uh, "Sir, are you lost?" Mm. And then he sees Nightcrawler's tail come up over his shoulder. Yeah, and then he uses the tail on the guard, like basically flipping, yep. like tripping him and then also flipping over the guy as well. The guy hits the ground. You see him talking to his cuff about saying there's a bogey in the hallway and or some shit. Right, like that. and then you hear lots of poofs yeah, of yeah. the bamf, yeah. bamf noises. Yeah, the onomatopoeia, if, if you're not a comic book fan, which I implore everybody to at least read one comic book in their life or at least a series of comic books in their life. Um, but the onomatopoeia, which is just any sort of like sound that happens on page. So if you hear like bang, boom, pow, those type of things, those are all onomatopoeias. So and Banff is one of them that they would use in the comic books for whenever Nightcrawler would he come would, in and out yeah. of places. So that's what we're talking about. Um, but they, they're like, oh, we got multiple bogeys because it's like one bogey. No, now there's more than one because... He'd yeah, bamf he bamfed down the hallway, head back the other way, yeah. and so they wouldn't know how many people are there. Mm-hmm. They end up uh, securing. They're trying to get the president out, and they're like, "Oh, we'll take him this way." And mm-hmm. no, it's not secure yet. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll go this way. No, it's not secure either. The two main entrances in the, the Oval Office, well, I guess maybe through the. So in the Oval Office, there are four entrances. The the. Uh, which I don't know why they don't use utilize one of the other four, but um, so you have those two off to the side that they were guarding in that White House. I'm gonna stop right here because the most I know about the layout of the White House is from what I've watched in the West Wing. So what I know of the West Wing, Ryan, 
The TV show is that there's also a doorway connecting him to his chief of staff. And there's a door off to his right connecting to the residential part of the White House. They could have easily gone to the residential part because the moment you exit the Oval Office, there's a garden shit and just run the fuck out right there. Um, But for whatever reason, they didn't. But yeah, they keep the president in the Oval Office guarding those two doors that mainly come that are used by staff and his uh, secretaries and whatnot. Um, And as they're all guarding the door and waiting for somebody to come through either one of the doors or multiple people coming through either one of the doors, then all hell breaks loose because they're just being manhandled by just some sort of aberration that comes in and out of the room. As they're about ready to fire, he bamfs out, comes back in, tosses a few of the guys, just comes out of the ceiling Drops on a guy, just in the. If you ever watch any of the like behind the scenes about how they set up this whole shit, it's pretty fucking stellar, especially early two thousands. Just the way that everything's set up. Yeah. And, um. Obviously, there are all there are multiple people in like the night crawler garb because I think at one point a night crawler jumps down, he bamps before he hits the ground, and then jumps over the resolute desk and pulls two guys with him at the same time so pretty much long and short of it is that nightcrawler dispatches these guys yeah, real fucking quick it wasn't done with all cgi right there was practical the most the the only cgi elements is just editing uh the nightcrawler character out and then having him reappear in another right portion. the the poofs of yeah smoke and stuff is he um nightcrawler deals with these uh the secret service along with white house police dc police whatever they're all fucking manhandled real fucking quick. Nobody dies, just people are knocked the fuck out. And then at one point, Nightcrawler sees the president, I think, like, in front of the Resolute desk. He pulls out a knife, and we just see his tail, like, wander up behind him with the knife in hand. He drops it in Nightcrawler's knife, or uh, drops the knife in Nightcrawler's hand. Nightcrawler jumps onto the desk with the president now leaning against on top of the desk. He doesn't say anything. Crouched over yeah. the president. He doesn't say anything. He just snarls, and it looks like he's about to stab the president, and then a Secret Service man pops up and takes a shot at Nightcrawler, hitting him in the arm. Nightcrawler bams out. The knife drops down right beside the president with a, like, flag thing. Red ribbon. Yeah, connected to it, saying mutant freedom. We then cut to, uh, they don't say what museum. It's just some museum of some sort. Yeah. And we see uh, Storm talking about Neanderthals and uh, Cro-Magnon men and how, and this, is, this isn't made up for the story, but the, 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 the idea is that Cro-Magnon and um, Neanderthals hooked up at one point making Homo sapiens. That's a, it's a, uh, the presiding theory about how, because people are constantly looking for like the missing link between Cro-Magnon, Neanderthals, and Homo sapiens, but more and more evidence is pointing towards that Cro-Magnum and Homo, or in um, Neanderthals just mixed together and just made Homo sapiens to what we are now. Um, she's telling all these students they're on like a school field trip for Xavier, uh, gifted youngsters. I think this is Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a normal field trip at a museum. Because if because if you just say Xavier for gifted youngsters, like that has a whole different <laughs> connotation that's not quite as good and. We probably wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just a normal trip at a museum where uh, kids are poking at shit they're not supposed to at displays, starting to mess with. We see one kid where I guess his only mutant power is a different tongue because we see a little girl enjoying like an ice cream or something. She sticks out her tongue at one of the mutant kids and he just sticks out his tongue and it's a forked tongue. I guess that's his thing is that he has a forked tongue. I'm not sure. Um, Storm tells him not now, or not here. 
we then cut to Jean Grey and uh, Cyclops, and they're just chaperoning these kids and whatnot. And Cyclops sees that Jean Grey is... Well, Jean Grey no, starts picking up on voices There's and one stuff. kid that is, like, super into a skull, and Jean Grey's like, no, you're not allowed to touch it. Mm. It's a saber-toothed tiger skull. Mm. And Jean's like, no, you're not allowed to, to touch it. Like, run along. And he runs past Cyclops, who is completely engrossed watching one of the, like, TV um, things yeah, going little... on about, like, cave paintings yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, definitely not doing his job as a chaperone. He's just like, No, oh, he, he's zoned in is, on. This is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Um, but that only lasts for a little bit because then Gene starts getting overwhelmed with all the voices and stuff, and... All the TVs start going on the fritz, and then he goes and talks yeah, to Yeah, lights start flickering like, a bit. Yeah, and whenever he starts talking to Jean, she snaps back into it, and he's trying to console her. Like, look, ever since Liberty Island, you have not been right. You need, or is there something going on? You're constantly having nightmares. You're not sleeping regularly. You need to tell me, is there something going on? And she's like, no, Scott, I'm fine. Um, and then they asked where Bobby and Rogue are. Mm-hmm. I think they used Rogue's actual name, Marie. And nobody's seen them, or Storm walks up to them and asks them where Bobby and Marie are. And they're looking around, and then Jean Grey is like, oh, uh, there seems to be an issue in the food court. And then we just see two teenagers. Cut to the food court. Yep, cut to the food court. And um, we just see two teenagers accosting Bobby, uh, I was going to say Drake, but that's that's his last name. It's not another person, but Bobby, uh, Jean, or not Jean, Rogue, and then Pyro. Booby Rouge and... Piro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and he, the guy's asking him for a lighter because he wants to smoke a cigarette and whatnot, and Pyro's just being a dick, not letting him have it, just clicking it open and closed in front of the guy's face. He's like, oh, I can't help you out. Sorry. You're right. Um, and this is apparent. I don't remember this ever being a thing, but do you remember people being allowed to smoke in museums? I remember people being able to smoke in uh, like restaurants and bars and shit, but in museums, I don't think that's ever been a thing. I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe since it was the food court. Like, I know that restaurants used to let you smoke, so if it's a restaurant, then... Maybe that's what he was going on. But the guy wants to have a cigarette, and uh, Pyro's not accommodating. And we don't don't live in, you know, a big place like New York, either. Like... No. So... That's true. Maybe they used to. It's possible. Um, I doubt while we were in high school, like, it might be an antiquated thing that they just brought back for whatever reason. But I think Bobby's like telling him, hey, telling Pyro, hey, why are you trying to show off? And Pyro's like, what, for your girlfriend? And then while they're having this little squabble, the, one of the guys that wants the, the cigarette lighter quickly grabs it from Pyro's hand and lights a cigarette and starts smoking off of it. And Pyro's none too happy about this. He says, give it back. The guy's like, what are you going to do about it? And then as the guy takes a drag off his cigarette, we just see Pyro like blink his eye and like flames crawl up the guy's arms and shit from the cigarette. Um, he starts freaking out. We see Bobby uses uh, uh, Iceman ability, freezes the fire immediately. But whenever that does happen, also everybody just stops moving completely. Like all of time and existence for everybody in the food court, hell, everybody in the museum has stopped completely, except for the mutants. We see all the like younger students like coming up behind people, poking them. And just people aren't moving. Nothing's happening. No one's blinking. Nothing. And then uh, Rogue is like, Bobby, what did you do? And then in comes... And He's a, like, I didn't do it. It's a very fucking awesome scene for Professor Xavier. He's like, I did this. 
And he's like, next time you want to show off, don't. Uh, and then they see the news and the uh, attempted assassination uh, on the president by a mutant. Or multiple mutants. They, they think it's multiple mutants, but it was just the one mutant, Nightcrawler. Um, and then Jean's is like, Professor, I think we should go. And the professor, uh, Xavier's like, yeah, I totally agree. And then all of time starts back up and everybody starts moving again along with the guy that was then partially frozen on the arm and ship because it was on fire. Uh, settles down. Everybody's looking for the people they were just talking to. Mutants are gone completely. There's nobody in the fucking food court that was a mutant. Um, we then cut to... I think the next scene is... Uh, where we first meet Brian Cox as William Stryker. I think, because he's bent over the Resolute desk looking at the hole that the knife was at. And uh, yeah. William yeah, Stryker's right. like, right. damn, this was fucking close. closer than it was reported. Yeah. And the president says something about a school. Oh, he's like, what do you need, Stryker? I'm sure you're not here to talk about school reform. And Stryker's like, funny you should say that. And then he hands him a file with a bunch of photos and shit of a school. The... Professor, the X-Men school for gifted youngsters. Um, and Stryker's like, look, I don't know what you want from me. Or before he even tells him, uh, goes into a, a, an extensive like overrun of what's going on in the school, in walks uh, Senator Kelly. And Stryker's like, Senator Kelly, you were once for the Mutant Registration Act. Now you've changed your mind for whatever reason. And Senator Kelly's like, yeah. I, for the better, I hope. Yeah, for the better. Um, and they all sit down and they have a discussion about the mutants and about the school. And Stryker's telling him, long and short of it is, something's going on at the school. We've got images of a jet coming up out of the uh, basketball court. And there's no tech that I know about, that at least not that the military or the U.S. owns, that can do any of this shit that this jet can do. And Stryker's, like, asking him, like, look, I want to go in, I want to detain these people, I want to question what they know, and then go from there. And the president um, says, okay, but he doesn't want a dead, like, child mutant on the 5 o'clock news. Um, but I should also mention that Stryker also mentions that he's been getting this information about the school from uh, the terrorist mutant from Liberty Island, pointing out Magneto from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And Senator Kelly right away is very interested in Eric Lancher. And if you watch the first one, you know why. Because Senator Kelly is technically mystique in disguise. Stryker gets the okay from the president. The president says, like I just said, don't kill any kids. But you have the green light. Stryker and the senator both leave. The senator wants to have a conversation with Magneto. But Stryker's like, no. He's my prisoner. You're not going to just go question him just because you feel like it. And the senator's like, look, this isn't, he's not a prisoner of war or something like that. And uh, Stryker's like, what do you know about war? I was in Vietnam while you were sucking on your mama's tit. Uh, so don't talk to me about war. And the senator, or Stryker walks away. And we also see, while they're having this conversation, the cut to outside the presidential Oval Office. And we see Kelly Who's character, Lady Deathstrike, just cracking her knuckles and shit. And she's all she does is move one finger and multiple knuckles crack and shit. She does it for each finger and we just hear it all like snap back into place and shit. It's very menacing and very fucking cool to see as well. Um, but he walks out. He's, as he's having this conversation, Kelly Who's character, Lady Deathstrike, is also with him. Um, they both leave. And we see Senator Kelly watch them leave. But then his eyes turn yellow right before it cuts to... Um, I think it's Wolverine arriving back at the X-Mansion. Yeah, 
yeah, back at school. And he's wanting more information. He tells Professor Xavier, like, look, you need to read my mind again. No, not yet. He um, meets up with Rogue and stuff first. And there's... The oh, yeah, yeah. R- seconds before Wolverine comes in, yeah. Rogue and Bobby are having, like, this, like, uh, like teenager googly eye type thing. Teen angst. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to make out, but knowing full well if they do, something's going to happen. I mean, it kind of spoke to me back then because it was a fucking teenager, but now it's just like, Quake, dumb fucking kids. <laughs> Uh, we also see uh, uh, Colossus and some other kid. Like, well, Colossus draws a picture of uh, Rogue kissing Bobby, and Bobby just dying completely from it, or just freaking out because he's kissing. It looks her. like he's getting zapped. Yeah. Um, and right before they're about to kiss for the first time, in walks Logan. Everybody reacts to it. Well, she hears the bike. That's right. Coming right. Up and. And immediately just stops it completely and starts yeah. running to the front door. And in walks Wolverine. She hugs him. And then as he's having a chit-chat with Rogue and meeting Bobby for the first time, and right away Bobby introduces himself as Rogue's boyfriend. And Wolverine's like, how does that work? And before he even gets an answer, out walks um, uh, Aurora. We should also mention that um, I think in... Maybe it's not mentioned here maybe, or earlier, but I know at one point they mentioned that they can't get a track on the guy. That's, um, I think it's a little bit later. That they can't no, get that's, a track on that's the guy. before. Uh, Professor X is talking to Storm and Jean and um, says that he hasn't been able to track him with Cerebro because he's been moving erratically. Yeah, and he's not sure why, but yeah, he hasn't been able to track him. Um, and then walks down. Uh, but then, the but then t- sends them to Boston. Yeah, well, he does it again because well, no, Wolverine's in the Cerebro but room. They already, they're already on their way to Boston. Are they? I thought they were just on no. their way to a location. They just didn't know yet until Xavier told them the location. I think. I think they tell him that they're going on a quick run to Boston. I thought it was just up the East Coast until they knew the Maybe. location complete. Whatever. Either way, uh, long short of it is, is that. Uh, Wolverine goes back down to Cerebro as Xavier's about to suit up and start Cerebro up. Um, and he tells, and uh, Wolverine is smoking a cigar and shit. He tells Wolverine, if you continue to smoke, like I tolerate your smoking on school grounds, but if you continue to smoke that in here, I will convince you that you are a nine year old girl. I'll make you think that you're a nine year old girl. Yep. Would you really do that? I'd make Gene braid your hair. <laughs> yes. Um, he puts, he the, puts it out on, on his, his palm. Hand. Yeah. Uh, it heals up real fucking quickly, and then Xavier puts on this cerebral helmet, and then we just see him. He, he tells it, uh, Wolverine not to move, and we just see it happen. It's a little bit more re- refined in this movie, but we see that very similar um, what happened in the first one where Cerebro activates, and he's able to locate any mutant or any human, depending on what he wants to do, um, by using Cerebro. And he tells Xavier, and it comes up later on in the movie, that if he thinks too hard... Uh, well, he's, like, he's well, trying to you, track the mutant that attacked the can't president. You, can't you concentrate on him? A little bit he's harder. Like, well, I could, but if I did, I'd kill him. Right. Uh, which then comes into play later on in the movie. They end up tracking him in Boston or on the east coast of some sort. I can't remember exactly. No, it's in Is it in Boston? Boston? Okay. At the end of the scene, after he finds the mutant, uh, Wolverine's like, hey, I need you to read my mind because I didn't find anything in Alkali Lake and you said you'd help me. And Professor Xavier's like, I didn't get much from your mind. You need to figure this out on your own. 
There isn't much I can do. I pointed you in the right direction. Right. You need to figure it out. I, I read your mind, but like it was fragmented. Like, yeah. You have amnesia. You forgot. Like if I read your mind again, it's just going to give us the same information. Yeah. Um, and I think the next scene is the uh, uh, mystique walking into the, uh, I guess, strikers like offices, I guess. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, we see Senator uh, Kelly walking down like this open courtyard. And as you, it's one of those classic things as the camera moves past the pillar, he's then a different person, um, which is, I think, Lady Deathstrike at this point. And you also hear like yeah. the, um, like the, the sound effect whenever, <laughs> yeah, the mystique character transforms. Um, but yeah, passes the pillar. Now Lady Deathstrike, and she's walking through the corridors and shit. She ends up at a computer. She passes a uh, janitor, which will come into play here in a bit. Um, but she gets onto a computer, and then she finds um, like the location of where uh, Eric is being held, and she finds all the names of the guards and whatnot. And clearly, she's going to formulate some sort of plan to get jailbreak. Um, but while she's looking, while she's waiting for all that information to download on a thumb drive, she then goes through a bunch of files along with Cerebro. Uh, we see her go through, and that uh, Stryker has a plan to make a second Cerebro. Just a few of the panels are missing and shit. He's going to do something. We're just not sure what. Um, but some of the other file names are uh, Omega Red, Project Wide Awake, Muir Island, and Franklin Richards are all, all those Ooh. file names. They all have... Okay, Omega Red. So, you kind of already know him if you're an MCU fan. So Omega Red is this Russian character. He has a lot of dealings with like Alpha Flight and shit, but which is the Canadian X Men, right? Um, but his main, I guess, thing was like this electrified whip that he had coming out of both of his arms. Yeah, and you kind of got with that you, with, with Whiplash. Whiplash in the MCU because Whiplash in the comics was just literally a guy in like purple and gold garb with a whip. Yeah, just a regular old whip. That's it. But in the MCU, they combined those two characters. I think at the time that Whiplash, that they were coming up with the character in Iron Man 2 for Iron Man the fight, I don't think they had the rights to Omega Red because it was connected to the X-Men. Yeah. So they went with Whiplash. They just took some Changed of the it. abilities that Omega Red has and, and houses him in uh, Whiplash in the MCU. In a more uh, practical way, because right. he's just a man. He's not a mutant. Right, and one of the ideas for Iron Man 2 is that only Tony Stark can come up with this tech. No one else can, and... And, and then he does. Ivan Vanko ends up doing the same tech and shit. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was Project R- R- Wide Awake. That's one of the files. It's an actual, like, um, uh, X-Men storyline that I don't know about. I guess it was, like, short-lived. Um, so the president secretly instructed the National Security Council, this is the Project Wide Awake, uh, instructed the National Security Council to create a covert illegal commission to deal with the problems posed by the increasing number of mutants in America, codenamed Project Wide Awake. Project Wide Awake was uh, a thing mentioned in the comics to try to deal with the increasing number of mutants that are popping up in America. Franklin Richards, if you know anything about Franklin Richards, he's the son of Susan Storm and... Reed Richards, and he, he, because of his parents' genetic makeup and them being altered by the cosmic rays in the comic books, um, his genetic structure gets changed, and he then essentially becomes a mutant later on in his life because of yeah. his parents and shit. 
So he's a technically a mutant, but he's also part of the Fantastic Four. So and that's who, who Franklin Richards are, is. Um, but there's also Muir Island. So it's an actual like island that actually becomes somewhat seminal in the X Men um, mythos, where it's just basically an island where uh, whose inhabitants are taken over by the Shadow King, and it's just this character that just wants dominion over all mutants. Which I don't, I don't remember exactly if he is a mutant himself. I don't remember. I know he pops up in the Legion series. I know that. Well, yeah, because Professor Xavier quote unquote ends him. Yeah, yeah. and kills him, but he he isn't actually killed. He's just weakened, and then he becomes or he takes over part of Legion's power because he's way more powerful but less trained. Yeah, yeah. so easier to. Easier to manipulate and stuff. And yeah. I just found those interesting because I, I, I mean, never up until this point was like, oh, maybe I should pause that. I bet you there were probably some interesting uh, like Easter eggs in the, that scene right there. So Yeah, I, uh, I completely fucking ignored them. I was just like, okay, story beat, story beat, go! <laughs> but I wasn't really expecting much in the way of Easter eggs at that point in my life. Like, I suppose I should have paid a little bit closer attention being that it's all now, we, yeah. Now thinking about it, it's like that's all we had to live off of was Easter eggs. Like maybe this will be a thing, maybe this will be a thing. But nowadays, these are all becoming things that they're not Easter eggs; they're actual story right. points. And so, so. after uh, uh, Mystique, well, as she's in there to build tension, yeah. Lady Deathstrike's walking up, and yeah, and we just see her going through similar motion that we saw Mystique as Lady Deathstrike go through, and she's walking down hallways, walking down staircases and shit, and it looks like she's getting closer and closer. And then as it looks like she's about to catch Mystique. 80%. Closer, closer, closer. <laughs> 90%. Closer, closer, closer. Oh, my God. She's not going to make it. Yes. Uh, and as she turns the corner to get to the desk that Mystique was at, there's nobody there. And the computer is now in hibernation real fucking quick, apparently. Um, which in the early 2000s, unless you kn- knew what you were doing I can't, it just seemed odd that the computer would be automatically in hibernation right away whenever there was so much tension about she's close by and shit like that. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um, but as she is, she, as the actual Lady Deathstrike sits down at the computer, she then hears something off to the side, and it's the janitor with a trash can in his hand with a bunch of trash and shit. Um, he points to the trash can, says garbage. She ignores him completely, goes back to her work. He walks out, and as he does, he then passes the... Himself! Original janitor, and he's just the actual janitor. Just looks at him like, "Oh, what the what? fuck is this?" Um, Mystique, the Mystique janitor walks out, and and we should also mention that scene before he uh, Wolverine talks to uh, Xavier. Aurora's like, "We need a babysitter. Gene and I have to go, and the professor and um, uh, Cyclops have to go meet an old friend." They don't say who the old friend is, but pretty much everyone's gone out of the mansion except for Wolverine and the students that are living there. The next scene is uh, Gene and uh, Storm meeting Nightcrawler, I believe. I think. They come up to the... They, they're they basically... It's like a wide shot outside like this old broken down cathedral and shit. They walk up into it um, and all they hear is like the... Poof, 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 and a bunch of like German sayings being thrown at them and shit. They're not sure who, where it's coming from or who's saying it and shit. And Jean Grey puts two and two together and she's like, he's a teleporter. That's why the professor couldn't catch on to him. He's a fucking teleporter. Um, Rogue, or not Rogue, but uh, Storm looks back at Jean. She gives her the okay. And then 
Storm turns around and she's got the white eyes and everything. And we just see all the wind and shit start whipping around in the church. Nightcrawler falls down to the ground. Gene catches him before he hits the ground. And I think Nightcrawler says, I'm sorry, Fraulein, I think. Maybe. Something along those lines. And then we get this like uh, mini backstory of Nightcrawler, where he was used to be on a, in part of the circus um, as the amazing Nightcrawler. My name is Kurt Wagner, but back in the Munich circus, I was known as the amazing Nightcrawler. <laughs> yes, uh, which he says ad nauseum throughout <laughs> the rest of this movie. Yes, <laughs> like, like who's he? I'm Kurt Wagner, but back in the Munich circus, I was known as the amazing. I don't care, Charlie. <laughs> yes. And they're also uh, patching him up from the shot, the uh, bullet wound that he got from the Secret Service men earlier in the movie. And they're basically asking him questions like, why did you try to kill the president? And Kirk is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Next, for, the last thing I remember is waking up outside this church. Next, before that, nothing. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And then they ask him about his past. That's where we get the amazing Kirk, uh, the amazing uh, Nightcrawler and shit like that. And then they also mention about the scarring on his body. I, there's an actual technique for it. Maybe it's just called scarring. Um, but if you look at uh, certain people of a, like an old uh, lifestyle, you'll see like like swirls or like etchings, like tribal tattoos. But they're not tattoos. They're in the actual scarring well, technique. Like, it's very similar to what Nightcrawler does. Like some tribes and stuff. I, I think so. I believe still I, I, do I, scarring and stuff. I want to say it's a specific term that they use, but it's very similar to what you see on Nightcrawler. And he tells them, like, this is, I did all this work. Uh, he turns over to try to just get some rest and shit, and he has, like, this, like, circular indentation on the base of his neck. And they're like, what about that one? He feels it, doesn't say anything, but clearly he doesn't know what the fuck that is. Um, we then cut to, I think it's... I think it's Professor and Cyclops rolling up on Magneto at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I think before. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, be, I think is. before the church. Yeah. There's a small scene between he walks Stryker. Back in. Because Stryker's with the, just with the with the one guard. Yeah. And Stryker's just looking for just a little bit more information before they go and hit the school. And like, shit. We're going to talk about Cerebro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we then cut to the church scene with the nightcrawler, and then we cut back to, um, the, uh, glass jail cell for Magneto and shit. And, uh, Cyclops is pushing, uh, Professor Xavier into, the, like, the main foyer area before you go and meet the prisoner and shit. And Cyclops is expecting him to push it, and the guard's like, no, 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 you stay out here, I'm pushing him in there. And Cyclops is a bit standoffish to this idea, but Professor Xavier's like, it's alright, Scott. Um, the guard pushes Professor Xavier into the uh, glass jail cell, and we see Magneto with like his fist up against his face, just like lounging in his jail cell, not really directly facing the professor and shit. And Xavier's like, "Look, there's clearly something going on. What have you been doing?" They 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 automatically assume that Magneto has been working from his jail cell to start this whole like holy Revolution. war that he thinks is going to happen between mankind and mutants. And Xavier's asking him questions like, what have you been doing from your jail cell? And Magneto's like, nothing. I've been here the entire time. I haven't done a damn fucking thing. I can't do anything in this fucking glass case that you have me in. And then he lowers his hand and turns to Xavier. And Xavier sees he's bruised up and down his face and shit. He's like, Eric, what did you do? And right away, Magneto's like, there's nothing. I 
could have done to stop it. It was all striker. And then uh, all hell breaks loose. We see, like, gas being pumped into the main, like... You should have killed me when you had the chance, <laughs> yeah. Charles! We see um, uh, Professor Xavier roll up to, like, the main doorway of the jail cell and, like, As just basically gases. throw his body up against the glass wall and shit, yelling for Scott. As gas is being pumped in. They're both being uh, knocked the fuck out. Uh, and at that same moment, Scott sees this, walks up to, like, the edge of it. Because remember, if the, after you leave the jail cell area, the, like, the walkway retracts and shit. So he, mm. Scott walks up to the edge of that walkway and shit and sees Professor, like, fall out of his chair and shit. Um, and then as he does that, Lady Deathstrike comes in and immediately... Or no, no, Cyclops turns around, takes out the guards right away with, a, like, a... like. I guess low power energy blast from his uh, visor and shit. Um, but right when that happens, right when he takes out both the guards, Lady Deathstrike comes in and just kicks Scott's ass immediately. Well, no, she shoots him first. With oh, like that's right, with the trank and shit, and, and then, he doesn't react to it at all. Well, no, he it, it hits mean, him he, in the shoulder. He reacts to it by blasting her into the fucking wall <laughs> and right. then blasting all of the guards. But like, let's be honest, like. In the first movie, granted, it was while it was off. Um, but, like, while his visor was off. Okay. But, like, his eye beam cut through a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't think that it's going to go through... That's why I assumed it was, like, a low-energy blast, because it doesn't go through but the guards. even so, like... His his visor does concentrate it, and okay, we'll, yes, we'll we'll give and him that. I know, I know, and this is going to get ridiculous, but if you know anything about the Cyclops character and what Professor Xavier claims that the visor can do, it can help him regulate the amount of energy that right. he wants to expel from his eye. Because we do see his hand go up to his temple. Yes, but he does it in the first movie too to fucking Sabretooth and blows him out the side of. The Statue of Liberty blows him out the side, doesn't like blow a hole through him, which right. he easily can do. If he does it through stone and concrete and shit, he can easily do it. Right, but that's like metal and like okay, so he's he's a mutant and has depending on what version of Sabretooth you're reading, has some healing ability yeah. and basically Wolverine type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But these are just human ass people. And he blows them with enough concussive force to hit the wall and not hard enough, enough that would break their bones. Yes, probably. But then they're just all fine. But we're like, also dealing in a world okay. where a guy can shoot energy beams out of his eyes and there's no ramifications for the All guys. I'm saying is these guards drank their fucking milk. <laughs> okay. Strong bones. <laughs> um, oh, what is the next scene after And Lady this? Deathstrike just absolutely fucking... Yeah, dismantles Cyclops right beats away. Beats the shit out yeah. of him. Uh, and then the next scene is uh, the assault on the mansion and shit. And we see Wolverine in bed. He thinks the house is no one else is up, but you see him thrashing in his bed and shit. And we see like small like cut scenes of someone talking and breaking off uh, like half of the uh, dog tag that he has of the Wolverine with the numbers on it and shit. We see glimpses of it. We see him like screaming out in pain with the claws coming out of his arms and shit or out of his hands and shit. He's fully naked and whatnot. Um, I also, just as a little side note, I just caught myself doing it. I don't think I did it too much before, but editing the last episode, I say, and shit, a lot. Just kind of like button up and continue moving so on. So it's and quickly forward. and shit. Yes. 
a quickly and shit. So I, I just caught myself doing it. So I'm not sure I did it before, but I'm sure I, I noticed it fucking hugely in the last episode whenever I was editing it. Because I was like, holy fuck. Listen to that episode. There's several of them kept in, but I edited out a lot of and shit. And <laughs> like I literally say... And then Magneto and shit, and then Wolverine and shit. Within the first fucking, like, a few seconds of me explaining something, I'll just say, and shit, just just try to button it up and move on to the next thing. It's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, so Wolverine wakes up from his... Oh, we got our own drinking game. Every time (laughs) Greg says, and shit, take a drink, (laughs) you're going to (laughs) die. Yes, you are. Uh, Don't do that, because we don't have enough listeners (laughs) to start losing them. (laughs) Right. Love you. Uh, Wolverine wakes up from his nightmare, and automatically is like, I'm not getting back to sleep. So he walks down to the main, like, living quarters and shit. Like, where... Does and shit? He goes down there Did I say and shit again? Fuck, I can't even... I probably said it before I even caught myself. Um, Because I didn't even know... I didn't even recognize that until now. I didn't... I didn't notice it until you said it. And mm. then I was like, yeah, you do kind of say that a lot. I don't know why. And shit. And shit. It's just and and shit. It's just, I just do, and it's only in the, in the connotation of like me trying to button up what I'm trying to say and move on to the next thing. Because I don't want to ramble on, so I'm automatically, my go-to is like, and shit, and then let's go on to the next thing. Um, but anyway, so Wolverine is down in the like lo- the base living level room. of the I would say living room, but he there's goes, multiple he, rooms throughout he goes this entire to mansion. The living room, yeah. Sees a little kid uh, watching TV. Asks him, you know, why aren't you in bed? And he's like, Oh, I don't sleep. He's like, oh, that man, seems he some sort of like telekinesis with electronics, and he apparently doesn't sleep as well because the kid doesn't look tired at all. It just looks like yeah. this is my night. I stay this, up all day. This is what I do. I just watch fucking TV. Right, right. Using my eye, blinking of my eyes to, to change, change the channel. channel. <laughs> and Which Wolverine, I would love that ability. Wolverine's just like, all right, cool. Whatever. And he fucks off. Uh, he yeah, goes, he, he walks to... He goes to the kitchen. And I'm assuming this is just like a smaller kitchen, because I'm assuming that they would have a huge-ass kitchen for all the kids that they have in this entire mansion. That's my guess, too. So, like, maybe just, like a break room kitchen? Yeah, just a little kitchen. And Bobby Drake's there. Yeah. And he walks in, and he's like, Jesus, doesn't anybody fucking sleep? Yeah, Bobby's, like, eating ice cream, so he couldn't sleep well, I guess. I guess uh, that pent-up frustration from not being able to make out of with his the girlfriend. teen <laughs> angst! <laughs> right. Uh, and, yeah, he tells him, does this uh, uh, place have beer? And Bobby's like, no. This is a school. For kids. For kids. <laughs> he's like, so, is that a no, then? He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a no. <laughs> Uh, and then Bobby tells him, like, like, there's some soda in the cupboard. And I'm like, who keeps soda in the cupboard? Even after he freezes it, it would be flat as shit. I mean, yeah, we have extra cases here, but they're only outside the fridge for maybe a week. Those were glass well, I bottles. Assume, I assume that those hadn't been there very long. Maybe. Kind of like, well, at home, we never kept ours in the fridge. Really? Yeah. Growing up, we had like a, like a cabinet cupboard up above where our trash cans were mm-hmm. that we kept our pop in and then if you wanted a cold pop you just you know got playing a glass, ahead and put got a glass with ice and oh okay poured it over the ice and see stuff. i and they were never flat but i've always grown up where pop is in the fridge in some manner either you put a bunch of cans in there for you to enjoy throughout the day or you put it in a cooler or something i like you grew up in a middle class <laughs> i don't want to compare families or lifestyles or anything like that but you grew up in a Middle class esque family, if you will. Yeah. Dad worked nine to five. Mom was a homemaker. Well, dad didn't work nine to five. Dad worked like 
ridiculous hours. Nine to nine to eleven. Right. Just ridiculous <laughs> nine, hours. N- nine at one side of the clock to eleven on the other side. Not right. not two hours. Right. But it was very idyllic. Dad, Dad wasn't a day trader. <laughs> right. But it was very idyllic. Your mom was yes. a homemaker and shit like that. I'm only bringing that up to point out that was not my fucking lifestyle. My lifestyle was lower, lower, maybe like waving by at the lower middle class. We didn't grow up with a lot of money, if you will. Granted, I did whenever I turned 18, and that's a whole mess of shit. I'm not going to dive into what, where that all came. Just... I grew up poor is what I'm trying to point out. So pop was always readily available in the fridge. So I don't know if that was just a lifestyle thing or if it was just the different class systems that we grew up in. I don't know. I don't know. But pop was always in the fridge for me. It just seemed odd when I was a kid and they're like, yeah, it's in the pantry. I was like, why? This seems foreign to me. Why are you putting it in the pantry? Anyway, let's move on, right? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> not big, and I think his next line is like, "Oh, it's not even cold." <laughs> yes, and then Bobby gives him a little, little. Ooh. He blows on his drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> he blows That's on the right. neck of it. I'm like, he put spit in there. Like he could easily just like, froze his hand. Like you see him fucking do it later. He just fucking touches it. Yeah, and it, his mom's tea, <laughs> hot tea. <laughs> That she's drinking out of a, a cup with a saucer. That's how you know that it's not iced tea already. It's hot tea. And he just like, and freezes it. Yeah. So like, he could have just touched it, but he's like, no, just, I, I got you. I got you. It'll be nice and cold. <laughs> there you go. That's essentially what it is. Uh, long and short of it. Uh, and they're having a back and forth, and uh, Wolverine's like, "I don't care what you got. I'm, I fucking heal myself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and they're having a back and forth. Like, I go around looking doors, <laughs> and I'm thinking that part of the conversation is cut in between shots of like uh, SWAT teams, like like a bunch of helicopters descending on the mansion, yeah. along with SWAT teams descending into the building and shit. This is before Wolverine catches on, but they're having a conversation about him and Rogue, about Bobby and Rogue, and how that relationship works. And Bobby's like, we make it work as best we can. Um, it hasn't moved past a certain point. I wish it would though. Yes. Uh, we also get the God, I want to rearrange those guts. <laughs> God, Who calls them guts? <laughs> like I've stupid teenagers. I've heard that terminology before, but I've never actually heard someone be like, God, I want to get up in the guts. I'm like, that doesn't sound appealing to anybody. That's, that's just like the first thing that I could think that oh, a teenager okay. would say. <laughs> I want to get up in them guts. Someone beat them guts up. <laughs> it sounds so fucking like sociopathic. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're in the middle of the conversation, him and Bobby. But and I mean, think about it. Everything about or everything that you would normally call sex is violent. I mean, yeah. I mean, you are thrusting I'm gonna, yourself I'm gonna pound into that. someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tear that shit up. I'm going to make that pussy mile. <laughs> so aggressively stupid. It's all aggressive. Like, <laughs> calm down. Uh, but yeah, they're in the middle of this conversation. And as Wolverine's about to say something, he stops short and then he automatically notices something. Like, hears something or smells it. We don't really get an indication of what it is. He just recognizes something's going on. 
Um, Bobby says, what? And we see Wolverine put his drink down and start walking to windows and shit. He walks out of the kitchen into like a small like side corridor, I guess. And as he does, Bobby's looking out the window. And behind Bobby walks in a SWAT team guy. And he raises up his gun. Then out of nowhere, Wolverine just comes in and just yells, ah, with his claws out, impales the guy into the fridge. Like, it threw the guy into the fridge. We see the claw marks on the fridge mm-hmm. behind him and shit. Um, the guy drops to the but ground. But no blood because it's PG-13. Right. No blood whatsoever. And any of, like, at one point, you see Wolverine slash at a guy's throat, and there's nothing that happens to the guy. He just falls to the ground and shit. Um, the guy falls to the ground. He looks to Bobby. He's snarling, breathing heavy and shit, like berserker Wolverine-type bullshit. Um, he looks at Bobby. He's like, you okay? And Bobby just peeks up out of the... Uh, Underneath the counter and shit, the, the, the like island counter that he's standing well, below. So this this scene is actually intercut with like other scenes of kids being of, uh, hidden with. Well, yeah, because whenever they first start talking, like the first intercut scene is a guy walking in and the kid who was watching TV. Yeah, like, he comes out yeah. looking at him and is like, "Hello," and then he just fucking shoots him with like. The, the these, triple tranks. These yeah. little three darts that knock him out. You and mean they're, they're going basically room to room, and one mutant girl wakes up and starts fucking mm, screaming that's right. Yeah, yeah. right as Wolverine yeah. like stabs this guy who's got an assault rifle or a submachine gun of yeah, some Yeah, it's variety. some sort of like like Mac-10 or something. Well, no, it's not a Mac-10. It's like... What is it? They kind of look like oh, no. It's an MP5, an MP5, or MP, something I think like it's that. an MP5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever he has, like as Wolverine stabs him, the dude just lays on the trigger and just yeah. shoots up the entire kitchen. Yeah, Bobby that's ducks why, underneath. Yeah. That's why Bobby takes cover. Yeah, that's right. And then eventually, the screaming girl gets tranked and gets taken out yeah, yeah and uh then wolverine's like you good and you see some other like other things happening of other kids being taken out like and some kids, kids are waking up out. and like we see the colossus character he wakes up um walks into a room as he's turning into metal yeah they fucking take shots at him that is the only downside just, of this entire he just like looks down and is like that's uh-uh. the the only downside I see that well uh, knocks them other than like wall. maybe like a so few once again, little things. Once again, these guys like broken spines almost definitely. Yeah, because he throws people through a fucking through wall. the wall. Yeah, but the only downside I would see is that we didn't get enough of Colossus. Like I was interested. Like fuck, we get Colossus in the Deadpool movie. I would have fucking I wanted so much to have this Colossus in this movie with re- rest of the X Men and shit because at that point Colossus was very much a fucking thing in the comics. Or he's yep. part of the team. Hell, we get, in X-Men Last Stand, we get the fastball special. But in the comics, he was constantly doing it with Wolverine and shit. So I was so hoping for something like that to happen. But we just didn't. We get like little scenes of him transforming in him, him into his metal self. No, we get one scene of him transforming into his metal self, which is this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is just the scene. And then... He helps a bunch of kids escape, and then he, he just he gets never these, seen. He gets the kids back, or gets all the kids that he can to like a secret passage mm-hmm. and like knocks on the wall. And as he's like, you know, okay, go kids. Uh, oh, he, this turns, is a little... he turns around 
and this is all intercut with like Wolverine just murking people. Yeah, yeah. He's running down a hall. Like at one point, they're him and Bobby are leaving the kitchen area. They see like a like four or five like SWAT team members down a hallway and shit. He pushes Bobby off to the side, says, "Stay here." And he just whips out his claws and shit, and just starts screaming down this hallway, taking he out whips motherfuckers. Whips out his claws and what? And shit. <laughs> and yeah, he just starts taking out motherfuckers. He's screaming and like. No, no, this isn't where he says the line that I really like. It's later on where he says, if you want to hit me, hit me. Um, but that's later. In no, the, shoot me, shoot me. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they're looking for Rogue. Yes, Bobby and Pyro. They they end up meeting up during all the chaos. And well, Bobby, Pyro, Bobby and Wolverine are looking for Rogue, trying to get to Rogue. I didn't think... Right now. I think Wolverine was dealing with everything. He picked up the kid that got, was messing with the TV, gave him to Colossus. This is where we get the scene of Colossus, right. like, hey, Colossus I can help is like, you. like, I can help. And he's like, help them. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and then he, he just fucks, fucks off. off. Yeah. Uh, we never see him again. No hint of what's going on with him. Uh, other than, I think, like, a small scene of, like, Wolverine saying, like, uh, the other kids ended up at, like, a safe house or something like that. The way I thought it was is that Wol- Wolverine's dealing Wolverine with all these SWAT guys. from Bobby. Yeah. Bobby ends up finding Pyro. Yeah, They're yeah, looking yeah. for Rogue. They find Rogue... And Rogue's like, no, we need to find Wolverine and get to him because she. Well, no, they get like, like two guards are on them, and they're like on the on the ground floor. The guards look like they're going to shoot him, and Wolverine just yeah, and off jumps off the rope, yeah, yeah, Uh, and just impales the guys immediately. And I think the doors open and like. Light starts bursting through like the main doors of the. Well, yeah, Wolverine's like, "Come on, this way," and they go to like to run out the front door. And as soon as he opens the door, there's a helicopter with a bright light, Mm. like searchlight. So they go back to the same passageway. He puts Bobby Rogue and Pyro in. Is like go, and it looks like he's going to be right behind them. And then he closes it. Right he closes it behind him. And this is where we Instead, get that. If you're gonna shoot me, shoot me. You get if you're gonna shoot me, shoot me. And then we hear someone yell, "No, stop! Don't shoot him right hold now!" Hold your fire. And in walks William Stryker. And this is where we get more of a backstory on Wolverine. Well, a little bit more of a backstory on Wolverine. And Stryker's like, "You don't remember me? You God, Wolverine! You look exactly the same." Now, me on the other hand, he walks into light. He's like nature. And he much apparently much older than what he used to look like whenever he first met Wolverine. Uh, and then uh, as they're about to have a like a almost like a father son type meeting, um, we then see like ice forming on the side of the walls and like this big ass ice wall separating Wolverine from Stryker. And from what I read online, that's an actual like block of ice that they brought in to put in between the two actors and shit. So that's oh. like. I thought that was really fucking interesting. Like, this giant-ass piece of ice and shit was just placed into this corridor. Or sound set. Sound... You said it three times <laughs> <Did in> I... <laughs> since you brought up the block of ice. Fuck! Uh, I'm gonna have to break myself of that. Um, but yeah, just this entire block of ice. Just I need I need another fucking can of can of air. Anytime I say it. But yeah... So Wolverine's cut off from him. We see Stryker. It's one of those like dopey scenes of like Stryker putting his hand up to like the the ice wall. Wolverine does the same, trying to mirror his hand and shit. It's like a father. Fuck. <laughs> it's like a father and son. Uh, like in one of them's in prison type bullshit. 
Wolverine looks back at the kids and sees that Bobby is now like is the one creating the ice wall. And Rogue's like, "Come on, go!" And Wolverine's like, "No, I'll be fine." And Rogue's like, "But we won't. We won't." And he's like, "Okay, fine." Yes. Uh, on the other side of the wall, we see Stryker take one of the grenades from one of the men, hit some sort of button, like spikes pop out of the bottom of it. He stabs it into the ice, releases the pin and shit. And I just got myself doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> releases the pin. Uh, walks away, and they do this weird cut at the end. I guess the Bob or Brian Cox didn't get out of the way fast enough, but at the last second before the bomb explodes, we just see his body just right out of the frame and shit. Fuck! <laughs> right out of the frame, period. Um, uh, and the ice explodes, and uh, mass chaos happens, and William Stryker walks through the ice, just remnants of the ice, and is expecting to see Wolverine. He's not there. The rest of his strike team goes through the uh, the rest of the hallway. Uh, we see Wolverine, Rogue, Bobby, and Pyro in the like m- garage. Up in the garage. But wouldn't the SWAT team have that place covered if they were a competent SWAT team? Maybe the garage is so far out that they maybe didn't think I don't know. To. But yeah, they enter into one of the maybe vehicles. It's a, maybe it's a backup garage in maybe case the mansion for was something ever like that. Destroy or for like a siege or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they all jump into the vehicle. Wolverine's driving. He drives. Pyro says he's going to drive. He's like, not today, kid. Opens it up. Yeah. It was a weird scene to have. It was like, did Pyro like to drive? I, or maybe it's just like a teen thing where he wants to drive. Yeah, cool car. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they peel the fuck out. If, and if I drive this car, I'm going to get all kinds of lead. <laughs> right. Uh, they're, uh, they pretty much escaped Stryker and his men. <laughs> well, the, and, they're like, oh, this is Cyclops' car. Yeah. And Wolverine just sticks out one claw. And he's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and then just jump starts the Turns car. Turns it on. Yep. Uh, we then cut to uh, in the lower levels of the mansion in the X-Men labs and shit. Um, X-Men labs, period. There's no, nothing else I just said, Ryan. Uh, and we see William Stryker and his man going through the corridors. We see them uh, like unbox this like implement that... Seems to be some sort of like eye biometric decoder. It almost looks like a battering ram. It's something similar um, to Wolverine, or not Wolverine, but uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, whenever that battering ram that's hitting Fury's uh, SUV and shit. It has a similar like setup to that where yeah, you have kinda. legs coming out and shit, like uh, legs coming out, period. And hitting the ground. Uh, See, but that's also problematic because now you're just replacing it with period. <laughs> yeah, just, just that's like a Pavlovian response to myself to where I won't have to eventually say period. I'll just know. Stop talking at that point. Don't say and shit. When you feel like you're going to say and shit, don't. Eventually I won't say period. I don't know. I'm fucking we'll trying see. to stop saying and shit. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so we see them setting up, uh, the, the bio, eye biometric decoder and it's, we see all the gears and stuff starting to work and it, we see like one gear lock into place, then the next one, the next one, the next one. I'm like, I'm, I don't know how this works. It's a, for story reasons, they're able to unlock Cerebro and figure out Professor Xavier's eye, I guess. Um, they open it up when Stryker walks in, he looks around, touches the main like helmet thing and he looks at his man he's like, Take what we need and walks the fuck out. And as they're as the kids are driving away, they I think it cuts back to them. They're like, Well, where do we go? What do we do? And he's like, Well, Gene and Storm were in Boston. 
Yeah, yeah. So they're like, maybe so we should go to Boston. We'll go to Boston. And Bobby's like, well, that's where my parents live. Like, Great, we could go there. Yep. Uh, a few seconds pass, and... Oh, and it's also revealed in the Wolverine-Bobby conversation that Bobby's parents don't know he's a mutant. They yeah. think that he's going to a like gifted prep, school. Prep school. Prep school. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's going to be tension there later on. Uh, yeah, a few seconds pass, and the pyro pops up out of the back seat and says, I hate long silences. Puts on the music and then fucking bye bye bye. Yeah, fucking NSYNC comes on or Backstreet Boys. I'm not sure. One of those boy bands from the early 2000s, right? Um, they automatically shut that off and then they hit another button and then out pops like a two way communicator. It's not an actual cell phone. It's just some sort of like communicator with like the X symbol like etched into it and shit. Uh, period with the X symbol etched into it. Period. Um, we then cut to, what is the next scene? I think maybe them arriving. No, there's another scene and then they arrive at. Oh, it's a scene, um, in the, uh, what the hell is it called? Blackbird? The, uh, plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The X-Wing. I think that's what they call the X-Wing. I can't remember if it's called the X-Wing or the Blackbird or what it's called. I don't know. Either way, in the X-Men's in the, jet. Yeah, in the plane. Yeah. The uh, plane and it's Storm uh, and uh, Jean Grey trying to figure out some way of communicating with the rest of the team because they've lost all communication. Like, oh, we don't know what happened. Uh, and we have Nightcrawler on the back. But Storm goes back and talks to Nightcrawler mm-hmm. as and, he's praying. Yeah, and we also get this. Uh, we also get more of the backstory of where his like the scarring on his body came what, from. What they are. Yeah. Because she asks what they are, and he says they're uh, angelic they symbols. Passed on from the archangel Gabriel. Yep. Um, and they're meant to be uh, as a daily reminder of the sins that he has created in the past. Well, she asks how many he has, mm. and he says one for every sin. That, that's right, yeah. Then something about, I'm Storm and I'm angry. And he's <laughs> like, oh, so much rage and such a beautiful package yeah, yeah. you're a woman you're as beautiful as you shouldn't have so much rage or something like that and she said yeah i can't remember it's not a good scene and it's the long and short of it is that she likes the rage because it keeps her alert or some shit like that keeps her aware or well, no, battle ready or some shit i can't remember exactly what she yeah. says but it's the the rage does something yeah. for her yeah and he's like well so so does faith yeah, like faith. Yeah, the same he makes thing. that comparison. Yeah, and then it's done. That's the yeah. Then we cut to Wolverine, Pyro, Bobby, and Rogue in Pyro's parents' house, and they're all Bobby's parents' house. Who did I say? Pyro. Oh yeah, Bobby's parents' house. Um, we, we the parents aren't there along with his brother. Nobody's there. It's just them. And we see the uh, the the kids. They're all getting into regular clothes and shit because they they're all getting into regular clothes. Period, Ryan. And they're all trying. Because they all woke up in like shorts, boxers, shit like that. Yeah, they're uh, they're pajamas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're all dressing up in clothes that he has around the house. Because the happened at night. Um, we see Bobby uh, show him or show or give Rogue um, clothes that his mother used to wear back in the '60s, whenever she was her age and shit, and her age and period. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking break this. I swear to Christ. Um, 
he then hands her a pair of gloves that her grandmother used to wear. And it's very reminiscent of, like, the gloves that Rogue wears in the comics and shit. And Rogue wears in the comics, period, Ryan. Um, uh, they're all white. They're all very satin. And they look very similar to what we get. This is why recording takes two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and we also see Wolverine in the kitchen just raiding their fridge. Uh, and getting, he, the, getting the beer that he's wanted so long, yeah. so bad. Uh, we, we see him starting to down like half of it, and he hears something off to the side, and he just automatically pops out his claws and points it to whoever was off to his side. And it's the house cat, and the cat starts licking his claws. Uh, and then right when that is done and over with, then his... Bobby's family comes in. They see Wolverine. He retracts his claws right away. They see Wolverine in their kitchen, and nobody's fucking happy about this. No, he retracts his claws before they come in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right when they start coming in, he... No, re- before. No, because where they're at, uh, they don't see him yet. He retracts them, and then they walk into the like the main like like side area where their kitchen is. So he hears them at the door, and there's like a small, short hallway... And then that small, like, little room next to their kitchen. Anyway, they... Before they they even see him, his claws do retract. They're like, who are you? And then... Uh, Bobby comes down the stairs. Bobby comes down the stairs. They're like, oh, we thought you were at prep school. Yeah. And uh, Bobby points to them, and he's like, this is my teacher, Professor Logan. Um, I don't think they... These are some of my classmates. Yeah, we're here, and there's something I have to tell you, or something like that. And we cut to seconds later, and Bobby is finishing telling him that he's a mutant. Um, and the parents are complete shock. You see the brother in the one end of the couch just, like, huffing and puffing that his brother's a mutant. And it's been said before that the X-Men universe is an allegory for being gay or trans in America. And it's very much that. I, this is it's, a very similar conversation. There's, there's a very strong parallel these are very similar conversations that gay people in their lives have had with their parents or family members. And they, the mom responds with, well, have you tried not being a mutant? That's a very similar of what parents would say. Have you tried not being gay? Shit like that. So it's very reminiscent of those conversations that people have had in their real lives about being gay and coming which out to is, their family. Which is just fucking infuriating. Like, Yeah, try not being yourself. It is, yeah, It is goddamn 2021. Like... Obviously not when this movie was made. Yeah. But uh, even even then, you know, it's fucking 2003. Like, grow up. Yeah. I mean, we it would be another, what? Fuck. Another 14? No, it was... It was um, and the thing that doesn't make any sense to me... 12 years? It's like, the, the, the parents of our generation, mm-hmm. not so much the new generation, but our generation, mm-hmm. so this, is, this is the people that I have witnessed coming out or you know things like that like Mm -hmm. i've i've been asked to be at multiple people coming out to their families Mm -hmm. uh, because i'm supportive no Uh, (laughs) one one person in particular um compared me to the the main character's mom on queer as folk which i've never watched the show no i haven't um but apparently like the mother is just very supportive mm. and doesn't hate, like, the main character, I guess, meets a boy right at the beginning of the show or, like, a young man, takes him into the shop and, like, oh, you know, we'll get you, 
you know, here's coffee, like get mm-hmm. warm stuff. And then leans over and gives the one character a kiss. And as he's leaving, he's like, love you, mom. And he's like, like, that's who, that's who you are. You're very supportive. You're very like, if anybody tries to like get riled with me, like you're the first guy that would get riled back and like, hold the fuck on you stupid sons of a bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, multiple people that I know have had me be their, I guess, corner man mm-hmm. whenever they come out to their yeah, families. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, luckily I've never had to deal with a bad reaction. Mm. Like it's always just kind of been like, I mean, there was some amount of shock, but it was always like almost immediate acceptance. Mm. Like, Nobody ever said, could you, like, have you tried Try not, not being no. gay? Because, like, I would have <laughs> fucking ripped them apart in in my in my teenage years or in my younger years. Mm. It probably would have been physically because, like, I didn't really know how to use my words yet. <laughs> but now, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was never bad at speaking, but, like, my first reaction wouldn't be to... Like, listen, yeah, yeah. you're wrong to say that, and yeah. this is why you're wrong to say that. Like, that's something relatively new mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. where, you know, past 10 years or so, it's like, mm, you don't really change people's minds if you beat the piss out of them. No, you just m- more along the lines of cement their idea of what they already had beforehand. So so, uh, so I try to talk to people now. But anyway, like, mm-hmm. I'd never had to deal with that, but I would have been so fucking angry. Like, and I know that it still happens to people yes. who are... Who are coming out? Even though gay so, marriage and all that shit is perfectly legal now, right? We're yeah, still. I mean, there are still, still people it's dealing still with that down shit. on and yeah. all that stuff. I guess basically what I'm saying is, listeners, there's nothing wrong with being gay, and anybody that tells you there is, either a doesn't understand because they're not knowledgeable about it, mm-hmm. or just don't care, or b they're just or a. They're not knowledgeable about it because they've been told their entire lives that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Or B, they're just asinine mm-hmm. religious kooks set in their ways. Yeah, and there's some sort of like identity of being like this man's man type thing. Like the, the, the whole fucking, have you heard of the terminology super straight? Fucking asinine bullshit. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for men to be like, I'm super straight. If a trans woman comes up to me and she used to be a man, I'm not dating. Okay, don't. Well, no one's saying you have to I mean, date trans women. But at the same time, that is also wrong. Like your reaction to super straight is also wrong. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Do not tell me you're for super straight. No. Because the idea of okay, being no, super no, no. straight hold on, hold on, is hold on, asinine. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. Time okay. out. Okay. Because we're we're getting off topic. It's not that I support super straight. Mm-hmm reacting violently to somebody saying they're super straight is fodder for them to go, well, see, this is how I react whenever people say they're gay. And you're reacting that way whenever I say I'm super straight. So I'm able to be that way to gay people because people are like that whenever I say I'm super straight. And I know that it's a, it's an invalid argument because it's a fucking fallacy, 
but it's the argument that is made. So you just kind of have to accept that people are dumb and are going to call themselves super straight. It's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> but my it's, point I'm is, not, is that- I'm not saying that it's, it's right or wrong or whatever. Like you just kind of have to accept that people are going to say they're super straight because honestly, all they're trying to do is get a rise out of you. If, if they fucking, if they walked up to you and they're like, Hey, I got to tell you, I'm super straight. And you were like, okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, doesn't that make you angry? No. Love who you want to love. I thought this conversation was going to go very differently. <laughs> I was prepared, and you've derailed me. My, my point is, is that the more we placate these fuckers, the more they get away with saying shit like, I'm super straight. We've placated people being like, I'm anti-whatever-the-fuck. Hell, anti-anti-whatever-the-fuck. We've I let these fuckers run r- riff shot off... I don't, but I don't care that, like, the way that I react or that I would react to people telling me that they were super straight, mm. I feel is the best way to react mm. just because it doesn't give them the ammunition to then use against other people to, because they know that hate cannot be defeated by hate. So what they do is make themselves hateable so that it's okay to hate this group because they're hated too. So you're infringing on their rights if, like, you're infringing on their rights if they can't call themselves super straight if this person can call themselves trans or identify as an Apache helicopter or whatever stupid arguments they make. (laughs) Once again, I'm making the dumb arguments to just... Yes, I, I see what you're saying. Over the top. So, like, just fucking let them. Like, honestly, honestly, it doesn't make a difference like the the people whose minds you're go, you're trying to change by like you shouldn't call yourself stupid super straight because it's just fucking stupid and this is why it's fucking stupid and like you're not going to change their minds anyway so just, I'm not looking to change their minds I just want them to shut the fuck up well but then they say that all they want is for the gay people to shut the fuck up it's the same argument as saying oh god I I know that apples and bananas are different fruits <laughs> but people just like the fruits I I guess I <clears throat> I know that a green pepper and a tomato are different vegetables, but people just go vegetable. No, can't say tomato. I know that that corn and green peppers are not the same, but people just go vegetables. It, it's more along the lines. Of, I I can't fucking stand placating these motherfuckers because it's constantly. If it's not super straight, it's all oh, fucking bamboo and the goddamn ballots. It's the same fucking mo where they just come up with asinine bullshit to argue or benefit them in some way. So if we placate uh, the super straight thing, I'm just like, then what else are we going to placate them at? I fuck. There's several states fucking placating about fucking election fraud and letting fucking just the cyber ninja bullshit happening in fucking uh, Arizona. Now it's happening in fucking Montana. Guess what? Guess what they found in fucking Arizona, Ryan? Nothing. Fucking nothing. And now they're doing it in Montana. Why? Because we constantly have people fucking letting them be like, oh, let them fucking do it. They're not going to find anything. I, it's along the same same lines of whenever you hear the phrase "make racists afraid again." I want stupid people to shut the fuck up. Again. I want them to shut the fuck up, plain and simple. That's why I argue with these people all the long but day. But stupid people will never shut up because okay, I get people will I, say I stupid a, things. I read a meme today that like perfectly describes this. Arguing with a stupid person is a lot like playing chess with a chicken. <laughs> Eventually, the bird is just going to shit on 
the the table and strut around like it won. <laughs> Which is exactly the same as arguing with an idiot. So, like, you're never going to change these people's mind. Just, like... I'm not looking to change people's mind. I just want them to shut the fuck up. Well, but they want everybody else to shut the fuck up. So, you can't... What I guess what I'm saying is, like, you can't have it both ways because if you tell these people to shut up, then they, in turn, say, well, these people are allowed to say it, so... But what these people are not... No, I... Their argument is that gay people... Hell, there's an argument that has been going on for the past month that gay people get an entire month, but veterans only get, what, two days in May? And a lot of veterans are like, no, we have the entire month of May. You just celebrated on two days in May. May is Veterans Month. Yeah. That's why two of the holidays for veterans and people in the armed services are in May because it's Veterans Month. Um, and so people that just didn't know what the fuck they were talking about made an argument about saying, hey, why do gay people get an entire month when veterans only get two days out of the previous month? It's that same fucking logic where I'm just like, fuck you. Shut the fuck up. But those people don't shut the fuck up. They just move on to the next thing that they're outraged about. It's never going to end is what I'm saying. Yes. Like, and I get, th- I, I, I understand your logic and wanting to just be like, all right, dumb, dumb, you go over there. I'm going to stand right here and you just leave me alone. I get that. But I'm also like, no, we need these people to shut the fuck up. So uh, my, my, <laughs> my whole adage in life is like, if someone starts fucking with you, do you scream. Know- do you know what the definition of insanity is, Greg? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> what is it? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm just like, cool. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I still argue with people because, like, if they catch, and, and it also depends catch on me the, in a mood yeah. and stuff like that, but, like... For the most part, it's just like, okay, have fun over there. <laughs> like, I know that I no longer have to associate with you, so <laughs> bye. Right. Um, anyway, let's get back to this movie, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, we got way off topic. Anyway, um, so... They're talking to Bobby's parents. Yeah, Bobby is like, I'm a mutant, and Rogue's like, show him what you can do, show him what you can do. Yeah, and, and, and like and you mentioned earlier. the tea yeah. with his fingers. Yeah. Instead of blowing on it. <laughs> like he did with Wolverine, so. And his mom dumps it out and is like, yeah. The brother stomps off up to his room, I guess, because he's, he's gets, like I said, huffing and puffing. Gets all his, pissy. Yeah. Cat starts licking the frozen tea cube yeah. thing. Yeah. The brother calls 911. Yeah, saying, you know, there's mutants in the news. Well, they're at my house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we also people Pyra, are at my house, not letting us leave. Uh, the mom, I think, mentions like maybe this is all the drugs I did back in the sixties. And Pyro's like, well, actually, studies have shown that it's actually the father that carried the gene. It's it's my fault. Actually, it's uh, yeah. been proven that the father carries the gene, so it's actually his fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see the mom and for a split second just scowl. The dad is like, "What are you the teacher of?" <laughs> yeah. And Wolverine just kind of looks at us like. Art. <laughs> I think it's just, it sticks with them because a few seconds pass, and then his communicator. Communicator. Rings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Gene uh, and Storm are like, "Where are you? What happened? What the fuck is going on?" He's like, uh, "The fills them in on the mansion attack, and that they're at Bobby's parents' house in Boston, and they need to hurry to get there." And as he hangs up, he sees he's like, "We need to go now." 
because he sees cops. He also he doesn't see them directly. Sees them in the reflection on like some sort of like cabinet window. Yeah, coming out through the back door and shit. He sees them scurrying across the backyard, basically creating a perimeter. Did I say in shit again? Mm. Oh, fucking hell. But yeah, he walks back into the main living room area where everybody was, tells the kids, we've got to go, and they start leaving immediately. The mom tries to tell his son not to go, and I don't think the dad says too much. No. It, just just the mom trying to get Bobby to stay here. the front door. And, and they're immediately met with cops pointing their guns at them right the fuck away. And Wolverine flicks out his claws... Yeah, just they automatic him, response, yeah. They tell him to drop the knives. He's like, I can't. They're attached. And then he gets shot in the fucking head. Well, right when he retracts the claws, because they just pop right back into his hands, right when that happens. No, no, no. He, uh, he's like, they're attached. See? And like goes oh, to lift right. them yeah. at the one officer. And he turns his head to look at him as he's lifting the claws. And he just fucking shoots him in the head. That's right. And that's then right. the kids scream. They start getting on the ground. Except Rogue and Bobby, yeah, slowly get on the ground, except for Pyro. He's flicking his lighter and shit. And he's like, you know about those mutants you hear in the news? Those dangerous mutants yeah. that you hear about on the news? I'm the worst one. Yeah, he flicks the lighter on, and he just starts fireball and, all over the place. And, bitch, no, you're not. Yeah. You can't even make your own fire. <laughs> yeah, you are absolutely not the worst one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say Magneto is probably the worst one. If you think about it, the world is controlled by magnets, like just the gravitational pull yeah. of the Earth. So if he wanted to, he could literally just have like a mental break and crack the Earth. <laughs> and woo, spit <laughs> us into the fucking sun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so all hell breaks loose. Stop, stop the planet's rotation so everybody just fucks off into space. <laughs> right. uh, everybody, uh, he, he starts blowing up cop cars left and right, and everybody starts diving out of the way and shit. And he starts diving out of the way, period. Uh, and then the, uh, the X-Men jet comes hovering above them. No, um, Rogue. He's like, oh, okay, that's right. I need to that's stop right. his rampage. Lifts up his leg and just... Or lifts pants up, up the pant leg and yeah. just grabs his leg. Starts getting control over the fire. Oh, we also get a kiss scene between Bobby and... Yeah, yeah, before his parents arrive. Yeah. Whenever he's giving her the clothes and shit. And she... Giving her the clothes, period. Period, yes. Nothing else. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but yeah, they kiss for a few seconds. She gets uh, some of his ice power. She breathes out like cold air. And... Wow, that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he starts like losing his powers. Yeah, and she starts killing him. Too much. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, sorry, I can't control my teenage hormones. <laughs> right. uh, and then after she takes out all the fires... Uh, then the the uh, X Men jet comes hovering above them. Is it the Quinjet? Maybe it's the Quinjet. What's the Quinjet? Quinjet. Something. I thought that was Avengers. Yeah, you're right. That is Avengers. Blackbird. Sure, it could be Blackbird. Maybe that's the design that the X Men jet is based off of. Yeah, I don't remember. Is a Blackbird jet? Maybe I don't know. You could be right. I don't remember what they I fucking call it. Uh, Not a big deal. Yeah, Rogue does her thing with the fires. Uh, and yeah, because of that, she takes the powers Jet. from uh, from Pyro. He like stammers and falls to the ground a bit. No, he, he doesn't really fall to the ground. He just kind of like, yeah, I don't understand what is happening to me. <laughs> right. And then the jet lands. They all get in the jet, and Wolverine comes wakes uh, back up. Yeah, the, the bullet, bullet has been pushing out of his head, and it just like kind of plops off on the <laughs> the deck in front of him. And then there's just a little like blood splatter. Yeah. 
and uh, the guard that shot him as they're walking towards the jet like comes up over the bushes and he just kind of looks over at the guard. The guard's like, <laughs> they enter into like, the bamboozled look. They enter into the jet and then it fucks off. Oh, fuck. I'm an idiot. I called it an X-Wing. You're probably right. It's probably called the fucking Blackbird. X-Wing's Star Wars. Yeah. I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> it's not called the X-Wing. Uh, it just dawned on me that I was calling it the X-Wing. I was like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, so they're on the... I was going to say it again. They're on the Blackbird, the fucking the jet of the X-Men. Uh, and it cuts to Xavier with the neural inhibitor on his head with uh, Stryker right across from him. And he's an alcohol I like. He's, it l- looks very similar to the walls and stuff we see in Wolverine's like cut scenes of his nightmares and stuff. And he's telling... Uh, Xavier, like, look, he's going to kill all the mutants because of the shit that he didn't do for him and his son. And Xavier's like, there's nothing I could have done for Jason. It's the Blackbird. Okay. Uh, but it's also nicknamed the X-Jet. X-Jet. Okay. So, you were right. I was partially right. (laughs) Yeah. You had the letter X. (laughs) Good job, buddy. (laughs) Uh, and Stryker's telling him, like, you didn't do shit for my son. He eventually started turning his powers on my wife and I, his own mother. You wanted him cured. There's no, he's like being a mutant. Isn't a disease. disease. He's like, yes, it is. Yeah. He immediately, the moment Xavier finishes, it's not a disease. He immediately lashes out. Xavier screams liar. Uh, and just tells him like, look, you don't know what he did after we brought him home. After you tried to do what you did. He, for long and short of it, he it just started with voices and just tricking us every so often. But eventually, it drove my wife nuts to the point where she decided to drill a hole in Take her head. Take a power drill to her temple. Yes, and bore the vo- voices out and ended up obviously killing herself. And then they wheel in Jason. And he's just like this like vegetable of a person with like two different colored eyes uh, and a nightgown. Or not a nightgown, just a... Uh, like a hospital gown. I think a surgical gown. Um, and he's not moving. He's just looking straight forward. And we see, obviously, with Professor Xavier and the neural inhibitor, he's looking right across to Professor Xavier. We see Stryker lean down into his son's ear, whisper something. I think he like tells him. I don't, I don't know if we hear what he tells his son, but uh, Stryker fucks yeah. off. Um, we then cut to them, the all the X-Men currently on the X-Wing – Sans uh, Cyclops, because he's obviously captured by Stryker. Going over what happened, and we don't know where they're at. Yeah, they're not sure where to go, uh, what's going on. They know it's Stryker. They know he attacked the mansion. They're just not sure where to go from there. But in the middle of this conversation, uh, they are then attacked by two like fighter pilots. They're not sure how they found them, but the, here they are. They're telling him to land right now, or you will be shot down. And nobody does anything. Everybody just looks at the fucking fighter pilots on either side of the uh, Blackbird and say nothing. They look from left to right. Don't respond to the fighter in any way. The fighters go behind them and then just start launching missiles and start firing at the Blackbird. They get back into firing. Like, they fall back into firing position because they're like, you know, got to decrease your altitude and stuff or you have 10 seconds to comply or we'll open fire. Yes. And they don't comply in 10 seconds, so they back back off to start their attack run or whatever you mm. want to call it. And it lo- Storm starts summoning a bunch of tornadoes, yeah. takes... It looks like it's working for a little bit. Takes one jet out. Yeah. The other jet is moving very quickly and 
dodging dodging them all. Finally gets a lock and launches two missiles, which okay, and then bails out. So first off, like both of those pilots would have been ripped to shreds in the in the winds, like they like they show the one like the parachute opens and they're just gracefully floating down towards mm. the ground and like like no they would have been sucked into the tornado yeah they would have got fucking <laughs> <laughs> up into the tornadoes uh, yeah so they managed to so they asked Gene to take care of the rockets that are now hurling towards them and Gene is able to quickly get rid of the one but because she's limited on her abilities we see her eyes also like light up in like flames yeah and nothing else does just her eyes as she takes out the one and it looks like she's about to manage to take out the second one but then it, she loses control and loses her grip and it hurls towards them and just it like it, it doesn't hit them it like it explodes, explodes right outside beside them yeah uh, and basically opening up a hole in the black and I wanted to talk about the scenes as they're trying to do that like everybody's trying to get buckled back in and stuff and rogue can't buckle back up yeah she can't for for some whatever reason. reason she can't figure it out like it cuts to a wide shot and you see all of them and rogue's just like sitting there like okay this is all good and then <laughs> The next scene, you see her, like, <laughs> grasping onto one of them <laughs> yeah. for dear life. And it's like, but you just, you weren't just doing that. Yeah, you were ago, perfectly you were fine. Like, oh, I, fi- I guess you must have figured it out. And nope, nope. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, perfectly. as the missile blows up, she gets sucked out. Yes. And everybody's like, rogue! And, uh, Night- and Nightcrawler goes... All, all the camera does is it cuts the uh, different people in the plane, but then lands on Nightcrawler. And immediately we cut to outside the plane and she's hurling to the ground and shit. And hurling to the ground, period. Um, Nightcrawler bamps in uh, beside her, grabs her, and then bamps back into the Blackbird and they land uh, inside the cockpit. Um, and but the, the plane is it's still fucked. crashing. Yeah, it's still crashing it's to the crashing, ground. crashing. And then the hole starts to go closed. And yeah, and they all assume it was Gene. That Gene's started like, it. "I'm not, I'm not doing it." And then er, it stopped right before the ground, and it's Magneto <laughs> with Mystique. And he's like, "When will they learn Honestly, to fly?" Honestly, when will these people learn to fly? <laughs> Some time later, the plane is now landed like safely on. Oh, a, we, we also missed a couple of scenes related to how Magneto got out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, just real quick. Because we've gone way past him at this point. But, yeah, so long and short of it is Mystique is now in, like, just regular human form, hitting on one of the security guards that works at the glass prison that Magneto's in. Yep. Um, and slips we see... Him, gives him a beer, slips yeah. him a couple of forget-me-nows. Yeah, she, he, <laughs> she roofies him, long and short of it. She roofies him. Forget-me-nows. Right. Um, <laughs> they end up in the bathroom to clearly have sex. Two, two weeks in a row that we've... Brought it around to Arrested Development. I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I might try to connect every fucking X-Men, X-Men movie <laughs> with the rest to Arrested of Development okay. at some point. Uh, so uh, she and him go to the bathroom. It looks like they're going to fuck. And he finishes his drink and then immediately passes out. She flips him over on his gut and then takes out this big-ass fucking needle with like some sort of like silver substance in it. Pokes him in the ass, plunges it, uh, all the silver into him uh a few hours pass he's now back at his regular job with like a tray of food he's walking into magneto's uh prison and immediately magneto clocks it right away he's like you seem a bit different today and he says the guard's name 
And uh, the guy's like, yeah, I was having a good day till I had to deal with you. And he's like, no, that's not it. You get too much and iron he, in and your diet. And he stands up and turns around and looks at him. Yeah, and the guard's like, sit back down. the guard's like, sit back down. And he's like, no. And he lifts him up in the air, and he's like, oh, there it is. Too much iron in your diet. And then he extracts all of the iron, or too much iron in your blood. Yeah, yeah. And he extracts all of the iron out of the dude's body. Yeah, what Mystique just pumped into him. All of it comes out, and clearly it's ripping him apart and shit, because you see all this blood forming on his shirt. Ripping him apart. Period. And let's move on. Uh, <laughs> and you see all the blood forming on his shirt. He drops to the ground dead. Uh, and then it just seems like just like three swirling balls of metal just swirling around Magneto. And he immediately flicks his hand forward and just obliterates his fucking glass yeah, cage. destroys the one side. And then they retract the... The walkway. The umbilical, I believe is what they call it. Is it? It's like that. It, sure. They, uh... He immediately takes one of the balls, just flattens it out completely, and just stands on it and just hovers on it like a genie out of a lamp. Yeah, I don't know what what was with like the I dream because it's it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. I fucking dream of genie like yeah. it's the the arm cross head nod like all he was missing was the head nod. He just like arms crossed, and then as people as more guards show up and it looks like they're gonna you know open fire at him, he just like. Brings his hands back down and whoa, throws the two balls at him, kills him, yep. escapes from prison. Yep. Now he's fast forward he's, to where we are now at in the fixing forest. the blackbird. Yep, uh, it's now landed safely on its landing gear and everything, and it looks to be like the blackbird is now patched up completely. Uh, there are no issues whatsoever. Uh, and Magneto is telling them the long and short of it about what happened, who Striker is, what Striker was doing, about his. Uh, visits by Stryker and everybody's like, well, how did he find out about the X-Mansion? And Magneto's like, well... I told him. I told him. And he's like, he's got a way with persuasion. And we also see there's a small little snippet of whenever Stryker's interviewing Xavier in Alkali Lake. We see uh, Lady Deathstrike starting to come out of whatever trance she's in. She's looking at her hands and shit and Xavier's like, for someone that hates mutants, you sure do keep them on a short leash. And then we see Xavier, or not Xavier, but we see Stryker tilt her head down, take out some sort of like pipette plunger thing. The and same drop, thing he used on Magneto. Right, earlier. and drops it on her neck. And we see it just sizzle into like the spherical center at the base of their neck and shit. And then the person becomes more, um, I didn't say and shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, you are a liar. Uh, and Get away from me, you witch! <laughs> and the person becomes more compliant, the, thus indicating that uh, William Stryker's the one that's been manipulating Nightwing with this some sort of like, or not Nightwing, Nightcrawler with this like. We are device. jumping all over the place in I know. comics uh, from X Wings and Nightwing. Um, uh, so the long and short of it is, is that they are trying to come up with a plan on how to get into Alkali Lake, where Stryker is now. They know he's in Alkali Lake, and Wolverine's like, I've been there. There's nothing there. And Magneto's like, there's nothing there on the surface. There are bunkers throughout the entire grounds. Um, it's all underground. Yeah. Stuff, and they decide to make a go of it. There's a little scene between yeah, Gene and Wolverine where he's like, you know, come on. You want you want some of this? Hmm? You want you want this? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even She's kisses like, her no, at one point. No, I'm I'm in love with Scott. Like, and she they they like, make out for a like, second. We like to flirt with danger, but we don't bring the bad boys home. <laughs> it's like, well, I could be a good boy. 
And she's like, no, he's, uh, Scott stays. And she indicates that Wolverine's always leaving. And then uh, I, they kiss. And she's like, uh, Logan, don't make me do this. And he's like, what? And then she just walks away from Logan. Indicating that she didn't want to break his heart, but that's what she's doing. And I think they are trying to figure out information about the lay of uh, the bunkers in the ground for Alkali Lake. And they're not sure where to go. And we cut to Nightcrawler and Rogue having a back and forth. Which, it it does seem kind of odd that they don't mention it. Because we also get like a small scene between Mystique and Nightcrawler. So, the backstory of Nightcrawler is that he is the child of mystique and a mutant called azazel which did similar things that nightcrawler does he's red bamps all over the place but in this there's no indication of any sort of relation between there's no familial right uh because we even get like a small scene between the two of them between mystique and nightcrawler where he's like uh, so i'm told that you can transfer and mimic anybody anywhere at any time and Mystique, even their like, voice, and then she copies his voice. Yes, and he's like, "Why don't you do that all the time so that way you can look normal?" And Mystique's like, "Because I shouldn't have to," and then just walks away. <laughs> and <laughs> it almost reminded me of like Rocket in like the MCU, where he's like, "Yeah, that's a good point." <laughs> we then cut to they're trying to get information, and uh, they're the only person that can that holds any sort of information about the, what's going on with the compound. Well, the, the is scene between Rogue and Nightcrawler is. Like, I wonder what they're talking about. And he's like, I could get a closer look. Yeah. Maybe. And, and he doesn't, we don't see where he goes, but the, while the group is, the main group is having this conversation, they all look up and there's Nightcrawler above them in the tree, just looking down, listening to the conversation and shit. <laughs> he's like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then cut to Nightcrawler looking across at Jean Grey and she's just like relax I'm gonna try to read your mind and then this is how where they find out that he's at Alkali Lake cause yeah. Magneto didn't know that and Jean reads uh, Nightcrawler's mind finds out that he's at Alkali Lake mm. then Logan's like oh can't be and Storm is the one that uh, like does a ground penetrating radar thing he's like oh no the whole base is underground there wasn't anything on the surface. Uh, long and short of it, they're coming up with a plan on how to attack the facility. Uh, we then cut to uh, the inside of the facility, and it's Stryker. And he's telling him, like, uh, your, Jason is almost at the point where we need him to be. One of his men tells him. And then we uh, see on one of the security camera uh, uh, screens, we see, uh, like, six of the children from Xavier's Institute uh, just in a court, in some sort of, like, cage of some sort. And the guard's like, why do we need these kids here? And that's not till they're storming the base. Is it? I thought yeah, that, you see, that happened, you then they storm the, the base. No, you see the kids are there. Like, he goes and talks to Jason again. And Jason invades the professor's mind. And we're getting, throughout them, all this, we're getting small scenes of tells them that the professor going, helping a little girl in his mind. Yeah, that is actually Jason mm-hmm. going to find all the mutants. And then eventually kill them mm. hearkening back to the, if he concentrates too hard, he'll kill him. Like they're looking at the kids on the monitor and the guard is like, well, but why are we keeping them? He's like, well, because whenever I make a machine, I want to make sure it works. Mm. I'm a scientist. And I don't know why he decided to do a Southern accent for just this scene. Does he? But yeah, it's like super fucking thick. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> No. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Cox is a British man. And I always thought that he had uh, just a regular American accent, but he could, I don't remember enough. Uh, for this scene, 
for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it just sounded like super south. Okay. And I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then the next scene is, is that um, they're all trying to figure out who's going to be the distraction to get into the facility to then release everybody and bring everybody in to try to stop Stryker from doing what he's doing. Um, and well, Wolverine they're, they're automatically... Like, they, they discover that the way in is through a spillway, and if they all try to storm it, then Maybe he's just, just going to open the spillway and flood it. And Wolverine's like, well, I'll go. He won't, he won't do anything to me. Mm-hmm. And Magneto's like, no. Like, if whoever we send in has to know how to operate the spillway, and I'm not willing to, to leave it to chance that you can do it. And they kind of, like, pan over and look at Mystique, and Mystique takes Logan's form. He walks in. Yeah, he, he's walking through the corridor, uh, and he just yells, Striker, as he gets closer and closer to the main, like, doors. Um, Striker comes up to the uh, monitoring... Outlander! Yeah. Outlander! Uh, tells them to open up the doors. Wolverine walks through, and once Striker gets a closer look at it, he turns to his man. He's like, kill it. You don't think I would know my own creation when I see it? And immediately, Mystique... Changes back into our normal self and kicks the shit lock, out of all these guys. Lock this room down and kill it. Yeah. Like, I know my own creation. That's not it. Yep. Uh, she, she manages to escape. Yeah, right at the last second as the door beat, closes. Beat the shit out of some guards, and as the door closes, she flips them off. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, and now she's in the control room. They can get in. Yeah, because she she decides, disguises herself as Striker. He walks up behind the main uh, like security guys. He's dealing with shit on the monitors. And he tells him to do something, and then as the guy turns away from him... It's a shape changer. It could be anyone. Yeah, yeah. And another guard walks up beside him, her. Yeah. And you see the guy start typing and stuff, and then you hear the line again, it could be anyone. And then as he's like, oh, shit, bam! Yeah. <laughs> knocks the dude out, knocks the other guy out. And immediately just starts shuts, um, opening shuts doors. Shuts the door. No, shuts the door. Right behind her, yeah. To her, so they can't get in. Yeah, she's as as uh, William Stryker before she transforms. The door closes, and Stryker and his the original Stryker comes up with his team, and he waves it like does this like smooch in the air, and does this like weird wave as the doors close and shit. Uh, she transforms back, and I didn't say it. And <laughs> she transforms back into her normal self, uh, and then just starts unlocking doors everywhere for it's the like, team to come in. It's like I'm in spillway safe. Come on in. Everybody else comes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stryker and the rest of his guards go down to Cerebro. Yeah, because they don't want anybody to stop what Jason is doing uh, with Xavier. Right, and he leaves two guards there to try to pry open the the big blast doors. Yeah, where the main control unit is and where Mystique is. Yeah, which also there's a funny line. Stryker's talking to one of his guards. He's like, can we access the spillway from anywhere else? He's like, no, the only place that we can access anything in here is this room. That's why the doors are so thick. And he's like, well, it doesn't fucking help us now, does it, Doug? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, so as she's dealing with stuff, she sees the kids in the cage, and Mystique does. She sees the kids in the cage, clearly meant for something. And then she hears like this weird like like metal ripping out of the wall behind her and shit. And she doesn't react. She's just like... I didn't say it. And, <laughs> and she hears all this metal being ripped out of the wall. She doesn't react in the way of like a panic form. She's like, she gets up and she's like, yeah, I know who this is. 
and the, the main metal door rips out of the wall. Or no, just like a section of it does. Not the entire unit, just like a section. Mm-hmm. A hole big enough for everybody to get through. Rips out, drops to the ground. We then see the entire team with Magneto. Gene has the two guards that were stationed outside to try to get the door open. Up in the air, she throws them against the wall, knocking them out. They all go into that main control area unit. And they're trying to figure out a plan to rescue the kids that are still here, along with getting Cyclops and Xavier out safely. They all go off to the side. We see Wolverine. See Stryker running on a, way on a camera. Yeah, he, and he's looking at all the different monitors. He sees similar things from his nightmares and stuff, and it starts clicking in him. It's like, shit, I need to go after Stryker because this is the answers that I need. That I, I could get answers that I have questions for that he could fucking fulfill. Or, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Wolverine takes out his earpiece, puts it on the desk uh, in front of him, and then just fucks off. Everybody's like, where's Wolverine? Jean looks at the desk, sees the earpiece, and she's like, he's gone. And they split into teams. So Storm and Nightcrawler are going to go rescue the kids. Uh, Jean, Mystique, and Magneto are going to go find the Professor and Cerebro. Mm -hmm. As they're going, Jean gets a sixth sense telekinetically pushes Magneto and Mystique, Mystique out, out of the way. way. Yeah. As, Cyclops as Cyclops comes. And we also see the, the circle dot on the base of his neck as well. So he's being mind-controlled in some manner like the other mutants were as well. Um, and he's fighting Jean Grey at this point, And she's ducking out of the way as best she can. And then at one point, she just activates her Phoenix powers as he blasts her right straight forward. Like, there's no ducking out Full of the way. Full force. Full force. Um, she blocks it with the phoenix power that she has. And we see all the flames come off of her and just create this, like, wall in front of her and shit. And wall in front of her, period. And let's move on. Um, <laughs> she quickly just pushes back uh, Cyclops' abilities and uh, I think just knocks him the fuck out for a few seconds. You're replacing the and shits with quicklies. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> uh... <laughs> But yeah, he, she knocks him way the fuck down this thing. Yeah. And then there's a huge blast between the two of them. And she gets thrown back as well. And we see, like, uh, like the outside of, like, the big dam area. like kind Cracking. Of, and cracking and rumbling and shit. And period. I didn't say anything. <laughs> and quickly. <laughs> yeah. They almost always follow each other up, too. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. Um, so her, her legs all fucked up. They were fighting in, like, the big generator room yeah, where yeah. all the, like, water passed through the... the turbines and... Turbines things. to make power. Yeah. He walks up to her and, like, puts a hand on her. And she, like, freaks out for a second. He's like, no, 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 it's me, it's me, it's me. I'm sorry, like, I saw you, but I couldn't stop myself from... It's like I had no control I over myself. I had no myself. control. And, oh, it's okay, we're happy that you're back and stuff. Mm. And then... Uh, we cut to... Um, Nightcrawler... Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Aurora and Nightcrawler saving the kids. They arrive at where they're being held. It's got a glass top so he can see through it. And it's also brought up whenever they're talking about how to get into the base. Mm, yeah, like, can't see. you just can't you just transport us in? He's like, no, I can't. I have to be able to see where I'm going. Otherwise, I could end up in a wall or something like that. Mm. So you can see the kids. He bamfs down in. And the kids are all fucking freaked out. Yeah. They don't know who this guy is. He just randomly teleported into this cage with them. But he's teleporting them all back out. You don't see it happen. But as he's doing that, Wolverine is chasing after Stryker. 
he ends up in the lab where he was created. Yeah, the sees big the tank vat area of bubbling adamantium. Yeah, and we and as he's looking at everything, we see shots of his past also come into uh, the frame as well. As he's being made, yeah, he sees like a three claw mark and a flash of him like coming out of the water, followed by a white flash, and then it flashes back to him with his claws out, covered in blood, mm-hmm. running out the door. Into the snowy tundra. Into the snowy tundra. And as he's seeing all this stuff, you hear Stryker in the background. Like, the tricky thing about adamantium is... You have to keep it super hot, because once it solidifies... Well, once once you get it into a workable state, yeah. you have to keep it hot constantly. Because as soon as it solidifies, it's unbreakable. Talking about the bubbling vat. Mm, that's in front of them. And he's like, oh, Wolverine, I used to think that you were... One, One of, of a kind. kind, yeah. I was wrong. And he points to Lady Deathstrike that's right beside him. As he like taps her on the shoulder and then walks away. Yep. And Wolverine goes to run after him. Lady Deathstrike gets in the way like, no, 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 we go to fight first. Yep. Uh, and she just retracts her claw. Well, Wolverine does his uh, three claws out of his hands, and then she just does all the claws out of her fingertips who come out of each of her fucking fingers. Which I'm pretty sure that's not Lady Deathstrike's actual character. I think it is. I don't know if she has adamantium, but I know she has shit that comes out of her fingers. Well, yeah, her fingernails get super fucking long. But she's like, I want to say she's from the Savage Land. Like it's she, possible. She's, she's not, uh, and I don't think that she has healing capabilities. Yeah, because we see Wolverine sure. cuts her at one point, and she heals like Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, they still went to like razor sharp points and... No, it's she's got adamantium uh, past. Her father, Lord Darkwind, created the adamantium bonding process that was forced on Wolverine by Weapon X. So in the movie, it's by Stryker, but actually in the comics, it's done by Lord Darkwind. Okay. Uh, he came with the adamantium process, and it looks like he tried it on his daughter first, um, who ended up becoming Lady Deathstrike, very similar to Wolverine. So it's similar uh, in as that they had adamantium put into them. But for whatever reason, they're both, like, super strong. Because anytime either one of them hits the other one, like, they go flying across the whole fucking room. Yeah, yeah. Not just, like, a little bit. No, on the other side of the room. (laughs) And they each do it to each other. So it's not like... She's doing it in a super strong uh, as well. It's yeah. both of them. Yeah. Which I imagine that they wouldn't be able to do that because they'd be heavy. Because they're metal. Yeah, I don't know how the mechanics of that would work. Anyway. Because they don't really have... They have healing ability. And they have the claws that pop out. That's it. But they don't... From the way I understand... They don't have super strength. No. So that would just weigh them down. Being bonded to their skeletons, they would be strong enough that they would be able to carry the weight. Yeah. But they wouldn't be able to throw another metal metal person across a room that's like 100 feet big. Whatever. It looks super cool, Ryan. That's why. It's a huge fucking room. (laughs) Anyway, they get in this huge fight scene. It's pretty good. It culminates pretty much uh, where uh, there's like this big, like lowering, like bed cage. That, uh, I'm assuming went down into the water that Wolverine was laid in. on. Yeah, whenever they pumped him full of adamantium. Right. Uh, so he's on the top of that. She gets on the underside of that and just starts stabbing the shit out of him from underneath. And you see him reacting to it because she's just 
wailing on him, just constantly stabbing him. Um, he starts uh, like coughing up blood. He immediately is like, "Oh shit!" And then just takes his claws and like br- uh, like cuts the chains that's holding it up. They go slamming into the gr- uh, the the big tub area in the center of the room. Uh, she drops into the water. He stays up there and uh, holds for a second. Then she pops out. Starts stabbing him again. Starts stabbing him again. And then he grabs one of the like syringe plungers for the adamantium vat that's bubbling right there. And he just rams it right into her and just injects her with nothing but adamantium. Um, a few seconds pass. She reacts to it. And then we just see we just see like adamantium come out of well, her. You see her pores. eyes. You see her eyes change. Yeah. Back to like her normal form, and then where it's not cloudy, and, and shit. then she's like, Oh shit! And then like Logan realizes, like, Oh shit, like she wasn't just working for him because she, she wanted was, to, she yeah. wanted to, she was controlled. Yeah, it's like, Well, well, it's too late now, yeah. Uh, and then you see just adamantium out of all out of, of like the tear like, ducts, her tear ducts, her nose, her. Yeah. Out of the sides of her mouth, out of her ears. Just it, clearly, she's just fucked at this point. And he takes the plunger out, and then she falls to the bottom falls, of the tub. She falls backwards into the tub, and there's like barely even a splash. Which, yeah, being that full of metal would have caused a way Some bigger sort of, displacement of yeah. water, especially when but, we get the clunk. Yeah, as as she like hits the bottom of the thing, it just clunk, <laughs> and then he runs after Striker. Striker, who is out at. The uh, I guess a nearby helicopter that he has. He's unchaining it at this point, and it looks like he's about to get away. But then Wolverine comes up out of nowhere and just stabs him in the fucking like the under the armpit like area, like right there in the rib cages and some shit. Um, and Striker screams out in pain, like, uh, and Wolverine's like, "What did you do to me?" or some shit like that. Yeah, basically, just like, "Who are you? What?" What happened to me? How did I get this way? Oh, we should also mention before he interacts with Wolverine, he looks at a bunch of like the pressure valves of Alkali Lake and realizes, fuck. The dam's going to go. Yes. Uh, and then that's where he's escape. That's why he's escaping. We then cut to after he's quite after Wolverine questions Stryker. We well, then- no, before he gets to Stryker, Professor X starts killing the mutants because he's still in the room yeah, where yeah. Lady Deathstrike is. Yeah, yeah, because he just and, finishes her and then, yeah, all yeah. hell breaks loose. And they're all screaming and there's loud noises in their heads. Yeah, and Magneto has his helmet on, so he's not affected by Cerebro at this point. Because um, that's part of the lore behind the Magneto helmet is that uh, Xavier can't find him if he has the helmet on. It right, protects can't him read his thoughts, can't do any of that stuff. Right. Magneto gets the door open, goes in, rearranges the panels. And whispers. It shuts off the... The mutant. The mutant one. Mm -hmm. Then Mystique recovers, walks in, changes into Striker, leans into Jason's ear and says, actually, there's been a change of plans. Yep. Uh, And uh, this is where Wolverine catches up with... Yeah, automatically you can assume that he's going to kill all the humans now. And... Wolverine or Magneto's like so long Charles and like pats him on the shoulder and they fuck off. Yep. Um, and we also get a small scene between Pyro, Bobby and Rogue where Rogue and Bobby are like, no, they told us to stay here. And Pyro's like, you always do what you're told. He grabs a jacket, puts it on him and then he just fucks off. We don't know where he just leaves the jet completely. We also get a scene Whenever they're on their way to Alkali Lake with Magneto talking to Pyro. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, I can't mani- I can't make the fire. I can where, just manipulate well, he's it. he's like, you know, what's what's your name? And he's like, it's Josh. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. 
And he's like, no, what's your real name? And he's like, Pyro. And he ends up, like, uh, Magneto takes the lighter from him with his power mm-hmm. and, like, flicks it open. And he's like, and what, what can you do? And he pulls the fire from the lit lighter over to him and is like, I can manipulate fire. He's like, but I can't make my own. And Magneto, Magneto says, says, you're, you are God you're amongst... a god amongst insects or yeah. something like that. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Yep. Uh, so clearly Pyro is going to the uh, Brotherhood of Evil at this point. Uh, that's why he fucks off because he's done with it. Because we also see like glimpses of him like looking at uh, Bobby's family, the idyllic family, and he's just uh, he has this like resentful like look on him. Like look at this shit. Bobby has all this shit, and he's sad because his parents don't understand why he's a mutant. Fuck him. Type attitude yeah. to him. Um, we then uh, cut to Storm. Gene, Cyclops, all of them, Wolverine, all the kids, and Nightcrawler, and they're all outside the Cerebro, uh, the Cerebro Two container. No, Wolverine's not there. Wolverine's. I thought he helps the Striker. I thought it was after he talked to Striker. He's with the rest of the group. He talked to Striker. He does go back. Um, Striker tells him that he's just an animal, and all this, and then he's like, you know, the dam's gonna break and stuff. You know, you know what you have to do. You're you're a survivor, Wolverine. He's like, I thought I was just an animal. He's like, well, but, <laughs> but now, like, you can escape with me, and I'll, I'll tell you everything. Yeah. And uh, and Wolverine chains him Wol- to the yeah, helicopter. Yeah, Wolverine chains him to the helicopter, and says, you're not going anywhere until we do. Yep. Uh, and this is where he goes and helps. Yeah, he goes back to help. Uh, and Gene... he doesn't. He doesn't meet them at Cerebro though. He meets them. Outside the facility, I think. No, um, in like the main room, whenever they were going to head towards the tunnel, because the tunnel starts to flood, and he oh, that's right, he's, he, he, yeah, yeah, he he's like, you don't it. want to go that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Gene and all of them are outside the Cerebro too, and they're trying to figure out a way to get in because it's locked and they can't. And Jason is keeping them out. Gene can't get in because Jason's preventing her from using her ability. And everybody's like, Nightcrawler, you got to be the one. And Nightcrawler's like, I can't. I, I don't know what the room looks like. I, if I go in there, I couldn't land in a wall. And everybody's like, there's no other way. You have to. You have to teleport. And, and you Storm get, is telling you him get all a, this. You get a fucking dopey line that calls back to their original conversation about rage and faith. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like I have faith in you. Take me inside. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Um, they end up inside Cerebro 2. Uh, and immediately Aurora starts whipping up like an ice storm to try to freeze. Well, they Jason. just they see a little girl. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. And Storm's like, Kurt, it's going to get very cold in here, and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And you see her start lowering the temperature, mm. and the little girl's is, like, What are you doing? Which is fucking with Jason's control over everything mm. else. Um, it breaks the professor free. Mm. Uh, the professor, and as shit is about to break down, they see uh, Xavier breaks out of Jason's spell. Uh, Nightcrawler grabs Xavier, and then for like a split second, you see Jason and Xavier lock eyes, and then immediately uh, Nightcrawler bamps them out along with Aurora. Well, the the dam starts to collapse. Yeah, that's what I was, I was getting to. Then right when that happens, parts of the dam come collapsing in on Cerebro through uh, where Xavier just was and right on top of Jason, killing Jason instantly. 
Um, we then cut to outside, and it's Magneto and Mystique rolling up on the helicopter that uh, Wolverine tied Striker to. And Wolver- or Magneto... As, as Striker's starting to get loose. Yes, and Magneto's like, no, that isn't like a good suit for you or, or a good position for you or something like that. Something witty as he unravels the chains and puts them somewhere else. Uh, they fuck off with Pyro in the helicopter with them. Well, they fuck off with the helicopter, and they see Pyro oh, standing that's right, there. That's right, they yeah. go back down, get him, and then fuck off. Yep. Um, Wolverine, yeah, and just like meets, the scene you just told, they're all going to leave through the main like causeway area that, that Mystique entered through. And Wolverine quickly shuts it. You don't want to go through that way. As the doors completely close, we see... As they're closing, you see... Water rushing. Giant spurts of water coming in. He's like, come on, there's another way. They run out where the helicopter was. The helicopter's gone. Yeah. And Wolverine's it was just here. And yeah, he's like, oh, it's gone, but it was just here. Yep. And they see Stryker pinned up against the wall. And, and then when all hope is lost, boom, here comes the jet out of nowhere, and Rogue is flying it, trying to manage it. In very some poorly. Yes. She lands it very roughly. They all jump into the jet, and right, and Wolverine has like the kid with the forked tongue in his hand. Um, and as uh, they're about to walk away, Stryker says, "You'll all." It says something similar to where you'll I always have the be. Answers an you won't know. Like, like you could go with me or you could go with them, but you'll never know. Like I'm the one that has all the answers. Yeah. And he's just like, I think I'll take my chances with him. Rips off his dog tag that says Wolverine and throws it at Stryker's feet. Yep. And then as they're walking away, the kid sticks out his forked tongue again yeah. for whatever, whatever reason. reason. Uh, and the Quinjet is not starting up as it should, and it looks like they're not going to make it before the dam breaks completely. Blackbird. Yes. Uh, what did I say? Quinjet. Quinjet. There we go. Um, I should think before I speak most times, Ryan. Uh, anyway, uh, we see the Blackbird trying to start up. It just won't. It's too damaged at this point. It looks like all hope is lost again, and then we see things starting to turn on, and we see that Gene is gone. But things are starting to work on the X or the uh, Blackbird, and X they're jet. like, "Yeah, X Jet," and they're like, "Oh shit, Gene's outside controlling everything. We need to fucking get out there." And we see Nightcrawler trying to use his Banff ability; it's not working. We see uh, them trying to get out of the fucking uh, jet completely, uh, and then we see uh, them trying to get out of the jet. It it's not working. The 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 main like uh, ramp is not opening for them at all. Like nothing's working, and then we cut to outside, and it's Gene right as the uh, dam is about to hit the uh, uh, the uh, I was gonna say X wing again, but right before it hits the X Men jet X jet, um, we see Gene stop it. We see it just flames engulf her and shit, uh, uh, harnessing the Phoenix. I didn't say anything, Ryan. Shut up. Uh, we see the flames engulfing her. Uh, uh, she's tapping into the Phoenix power at this point. Well, and this is specifically what I was talking about. Okay. Because before the dam breaks and she's standing there holding back the water and lifting the jet, there's a scene where she, like, speaks through Professor Xavier. Yeah, yeah. They're saying the same thing at the same time. And she's like, this was the only way. And I immediately went, no, no, it wasn't. You're, you're wrong. A, Bobby, Iceman, could freeze the water. Yeah, I don't think he has that much ability to stop the water. Maybe not that a, much water. Maybe rushing not at this time, him. but okay. But okay, so possibility A: he can stop the water because he can freeze it. Okay, potentially, maybe yes. Uh, option B: I don't know how Jean Grey had the power to power the plane because they said that they needed an external power source. 
I, I guess her phoenix power? They don't really explain it. Just she does it and or, it happens. you know, I don't know. Maybe if they had somebody who had some sort of control over electricity or, you know, something like, um, I mean, she electrocuted a toad and the same thing <laughs> happened to it that happens to everything else. Like, so Storm can control lightning. She can give it a little zippy zap. Mm. And, or if not that, she can, you know, heart, cause her, her power set is like control of everything. Weather. Oh, you're talking about storm. Yeah. Storm. Okay. She has control of weather. Okay. So anything weather related. Yeah. But would a river be weather related? Well, I mean, at this point it's kind of a tsunami, but regardless, I'm not mm. even, I'm not even talking about that. Okay. Like, I mean, she could have, you know, created a gust of wind strong enough to split it in half. She could have. To protect it. She also could have, you know, made some wind under the blackbird to lift it out of the way of the water. Or, yeah, just use a tornado to pop them up. Yeah. And no, wait, what was, yeah. what was the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect for tornadoes sucking yeah. things up? Yeah. Somebody the, using a straw? They clearly had other options. No, there were other options, so the... There was no other way. Yeah, there was. Yeah. But for story reasons, Ryan. And I, I like the idea of tapping into the... Because I haven't watched The Dark Phoenix that came out a few years ago with... Uh, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence and that whole new team of X-Men. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it. I've heard it's not the greatest. Um, but knowing what I know of like The Dark Phoenix saga and all that it's a it's a rich fucking history that you could tap into with the kree and all that the shiar empire and uh the phoenix powers and they don't all of it they don't touch from what i understand they don't touch into any well of i it. mean they didn't in x3 so yeah why would right. they now yeah so it, and it's just like she has like the souped up telekinesis powers that's they call it the phoenix or whatever yeah. in these movies anyway um so i i like the idea of potentially getting a dark phoenix but yeah, what we get later on in the X three movie, it's it doesn't pay off well. So the, her dying in this movie means nothing if we don't get something interesting like right. what we get in but, the comics. But yeah, so that was my main my main issue with this was like there was no other way, and I was like, mm. no, there were options, but there were there were like lots. Yeah, hell, you could have used Iceman and Storm together, and he could have used some sort of like ice wall while she used tunnels or funnels or. Tornado or something. There would have been other options if you just get just a monicum of a second of a thought other than I need right. to kill myself. I mean, Cyclops could have fucking poked a hole in the the windshield Hell, and shot his blast. optical blast. Yeah, vaporizing <laughs> all the water. Vaporize the water, <laughs> yeah. turning it into steam. And then it would just be a foggy flight <laughs> hole. Right. Like there were options. Yeah. There were there were plenty of options. That didn't require her death, Gene to sacrifice herself, <laughs> right. but whatever. Um, yeah, she ends up dying because she gets taken out by all the damn water now rushing towards her. As the, uh, the I was gonna say Quinchet again, as the X jet uh, floats up in the air and they take off. We see Cyclops just bereft with grief. Uh, Wolverine, same as well, because they were in a say, well saying she was she's gone. Yeah, don't you say that? Don't you ever say that? <laughs> and then like collapses into him crying. Yeah. And he's um, just like, they're there. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it, like a day passes and they're all like I, reeling from the attack and the losing of their friend and Gene's death. Well, no, they immediately go to Washington. Oh, that's right. Because uh, uh, Professor Xavier is like, I think we need to help or we need to go to Washington. Prevent some things from happening. Like, like it's gone beyond 
our control. Just him. Yeah. Unless we do something about it. And so they end up getting, like, getting to the White House as... Yeah, the president's about to, to make a make statement. A, make an address to the American people. Um, they show up. It's they, very reminiscent of the museum scene where every, where we hear yeah, thunder and lightning. Everybody's frozen except for the president. Yeah. And then somehow Nightcrawler's able to bamf all of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't Because every that. single one of them is in the room. Yeah, yeah. In a split second. Everyone on that jet was in that room, including the kids that were on the yeah. jet. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, you know, listen, like these are files that we got from William Stryker's office. He's obviously lying to you. He was the mastermind behind everything. We're not here to hurt you. Yeah. And like, the president sees Nightcrawler and reacts like, oh shit, that's the guy that just tried to kill me a few days ago. And he's just like, hi. <laughs> yeah. As and, much as, as much as I love, um, who's it? Alec? Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings. Yeah. Um, as much as I love him. Like, I think he did a good job as Nightcrawler, mm. but, like, I think that his prosthetic for his mouth got in the way a few times because a few of his lines mm. sounded, like, super muffled, like, mm. mumbled yeah, or, the, like... The, the sharp teeth and whatnot yeah, like, just got in the way. like, fucked up his speaking and yeah, stuff. Yeah, probably. Um, Apparently, he hated... Like, he liked the character, but he hated the makeup because it took, like, eight hours to put on. I mean, but... Rebecca Romaine. Like, I know he had nowhere. To, he had more, a more clothes on, and Rebecca Romaine is covered in literally head to toe of prosthetic, and she's and naked paint. from yeah. a good portion of it. So yeah, I I don't understand the complaint, but yeah, he apparently did not like it. Apparently, from what I read, anyway. Um, but like I think he does a good job, but it's not my favorite. Like whenever I saw that they were doing Nightcrawler, like I just wanted the opening scene for the entire movie and we yeah, didn't get yeah. it, but of him being a badass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the you rest of the mean? movie like, after that scene, he's just like this like goofy sniveling idiot. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really care for that. But anyway, Xavier's like, yeah. we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're not threatening you. We just want, you know, to live. Yes. There are some mutants that want a war. We and want to are, prevent that. There are also some humans that want a war, obviously. Like, look at what fucking Stryker's Stryker. doing. Yep. We're trying to prevent that, and we hope that you'll, you know, be on our side. Yep. It basically just gives them something to think about, and then they fuck off back to the mansion. Yeah. And then he's just stand, or sitting there just looking off in the space. He's thinking that everybody's just frozen in time still as he's contemplating things, but then his team and everybody in that awful office with him is like, uh, sir? sir? Yeah, and he clearly not saying anything. Uh, a few days pass, and clearly what they said sticks because I think uh, we see the news report of something in their face. I can't remember exactly, but it didn't look like mutants were uh, the bad guys. Bad guys, yeah. And it, we just see scenes with um, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Xavier, and they're all talking about Xavier's trying to console the two men, trying to tell them, like, look, she was always meant for something like this to try to lay down her life to save the people that she loved. And before Wolverine leaves, he's like, she loved you, not me. And then he just fucks off. Uh, she did make a choice. Yeah, yeah. She chose you, and then he fucks off. And, like, they linger for a minute, and then kids walk in, Cyclops fucks off, and then Professor Xavier starts teaching, teaching a class. And it's just a normal day of the and institute. Then, and then we get, uh, like, uh, the camera panning over the now, what is 
officially the lake area. Instead of it being a dam, it's just a giant lake area. And we get Jean Grey um, with a narration. I wrote it down. It's, you uh, don't need to. You don't need to say it because it is literally word for word the exact. Is it same? That's what I thought, but I wasn't it's, sure. It's the exact same opening from the first movie okay. that Charles Xavier says. It's just in her voice, right? And as she's saying it, you see a giant, what looks to be bird-like figure yeah, a, a, moving a under the water. Yeah. Indicating that Jean's not dead. And then, cut to credits. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. And back in 2003, where we were getting... Yeah, we had uh, Raimi's Spider-Man. But we weren't... So, with Raimi's Spider-Man, there was always... A, it kind of bugged me, because they didn't go with the, the uh, mechanical webbing. They went with, like, a genetic mutation he, that yeah, he had. Yeah, he could... And it kind of bugged me because that wasn't the way it was in the comics. And I was kind of hoping, because I like the idea of him running out of, and we get that in other movies where he just runs out of spider web and he just, he's Uh fucked. (laughs) Uh, And I like that idea. With that being said, there were so many comic book movies that were coming out that weren't true to the comics or just blatantly just pissed all over the comics, i.e. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So this one being what it is, and I... Do make excuses for some of the things like Gene dying in the end of the movie. I was like, well, then we get Phoenix later on, even though it's not the exact Phoenix that we get in the comics, but it is a Phoenix. And uh, this this movie still holds somewhat of a nostalgic feel for me just because of when it came out. Mm-hmm. I, it was 2003. I think it was like a sophomore or junior in high school. You would have been a sophomore. Sophomore, yeah, because I graduated in 2005. So. so it was one of those movies that was very, like, because I think a year after this, uh, Punisher came out with Tom Jane. Those were all fucking like seminal movies in my uh, teenage years. So there were a lot of comic book movies that were coming up that I really fucking enjoyed. Granted, I haven't watched The Punisher in a little while. I'd almost bet if I look at it like, with 2021 eyes, being that we have John Bernthal's Punisher, I'd probably look at that movie a little bit differently. So I think it would still hold up. I don't know. War, I've Warzone, not so much. I mean, Warzone didn't really hold up. I haven't watched that one in quite a while. Originally, I like even it, longer than Thomas Jane one. Yeah, I think I've watched it maybe twice. I really, I enjoyed most of it. Like Micro is in that movie in the yeah. Warzone, and uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Rome plays Titus Polo. I can't remember his name. Uh, he he plays Frank Castle in that movie. Anyway. Let's get on to the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, and it's one of the rare occasions where. Both the critic score and the audience score is exactly the same. It's at 85% for both of them. Um, and anytime you would talk about a, a comic book movie, you would always compare it to X2. Because for the longest time, this was the, well, was it as good as X2? Or was it as good as Spider-Man 2? It was yeah. either or. Um, so the budget, and we are going to compare it to 2021 dollars because it, it significantly increases from 2003. Um, so the budget was 110 million. Opening weekend made 86 million. Uh, domestically, altogether made 215 million. Internationally, 193 point million. Altogether for 20 or 2003 dollars, 408 million dollars. Now budget for 2021, 161. Opening weekend in 2021, 126 million. Domestically, 315 million. Internationally, 282.4 million. And altogether. At nearly six hundred million, at five hundred ninety-seven million dollars altogether in twenty twenty twenty-one dollars. Twenty twenty one. 
2021 dollars. It made nearly $600 million uh, for just that one movie. Now, in the last movie, it made nearly half a billion dollars for just the first movie. Mm-hmm. So these movies are raking in a lot of money. That's why we get X3. That's why they don't want to l- let go of the Wolverine character because a lot of people enjoy it. So that's why we got X-Men Origins, Wolverine, when we got First Class, which is a much better fl- flick uh, than Origins. Same with Days of Future Past. So th- there's reasons why we get so many more after right. this movie. Um, and like I said, I really enjoy this movie. And we'll get to um, X-Men The Last Stand, which is the third one, which is not directed by Brian Singer, but it's also directed by a piece of shit. Brett Ratner, he's got some shit on him as well. Um, that seems to be a thing lately. Not, not, not fucking saying it's a bad thing that we call these fuckers out, but apparently that's a thing that men like to do. Fucking irritating. That is pretty much all I got for this week. That's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, tell us what you think. You know, tell us... Wait, what movies in the nerd realm you are looking forward to hearing us pick apart and give you a slightly jumbled walkthrough of? (laughs) Um, Or uh, don't, I guess. (laughs) Like, I'm not your dad. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, tell us what you think. You know, give give us your opinion on X2. Is it the... The seminal movie for you in the X-Men franchise? Uh, also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, I was going to say at that wanker again, uh, but it's at Nerdinian at both those platforms. You can also find me at Instagram and Twitter. I was going to say fucking Facebook whenever I went to go save Twitter, but at that wanker on both those platforms as well. Um, and remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. And shit. And <laughs> shit.